For another week at the barbershop, I am your host, Mark Gray, joined to the right of me by Maryland's all-time leading rusher, nine-year NFL vet, Lamont Jordan. How you doing this week, buddy? What's going on? Not too much, nothing, man. Another week of football. Uh, we finished, last we uh, talked, the very last thing we left off was you promoting your job this weekend on Saturday, calling the last uh, Maryland football game of the season against Penn State uh, did not go as well <laughs> as uh, Maryland fans didn't go that well for us uh, what was the final 66 to 3 66 3 so just a question probably ain't much question to ask about the game what is that like being in the booth talking in a game like that man it was tough that was, that was by far the hardest game I mean I've only you know I think that was my fourth or fifth game calling but you know it's tough um but it's good practice. You know, it's great practice. It lets me know, you know, just some areas that I need to, that I need to work on. Um, but man, it, it's tough. You know, you don't want to be too critical, but at the same time, you know me. I'm gonna try to tell it just the way, you know, the way the way I see the game. And um, you know, just clearly, that program is just a heck of a lot further than we are. <laughs> that was gonna be our next question. Is that yeah. just just a team that was just way way better? Yeah, I mean, that's just. I mean, come on now. You know, I was saying it during the broadcast. You know, um, you know, at some point you gotta you gotta get your face mask scratched up. You know, we had a lot of arm tackles in that game, um, but Coach DJ's building a program. You know, Coach Franklin has been there for what seven, eight years now. Uh, Coach DJ, he's still in his second year, uh, still playing with Etzel's players, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to next year with the Turks because this will be Coach DJ's third year. And I think it'll be the first year where you're going to really start to see the players that he recruited um, coming in and, and really making a difference. When you're in the locker room, we're on the sideline, when you do get beat by a team that is just clearly better than you and you pretty much, I don't want to say went into the game expecting to lose, but you knew that more than likely that was the outcome. Mm -hmm. Take me to where you're at after the game. Are you like, I mean, the, they're the number one team in the country. This was supposed to happen. Or are you like, man, we? I mean, are you even delusional? Like we almost had them, or like you know, a couple mistakes, or it's just. I mean, what's what's the mindset of, of you, and what's the mindset in that locker room? Man, I know for me, it's just because that to me almost sums up our, our whole Maryland. Uh, school yeah, career, I mean, so. you know, I've been there a few times, right? In Maryland. Um, so when, so let's say that uh, Thursday night game, Florida State, Derrick Brooks, Peter Warwick. Uh, Winky's the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Everybody, the team mm -hmm. stacked. What we lose like fifty-two to seven, something like that. Yeah, you had that one. Ridiculous. We had a you had an eighty-yard run for that one touchdown. It was like seventy-six. Yeah. So when you get at that time, Florida State was rolling, and they're the best thing popping. Yeah. What, what's going through your mind after that game? Um, Glad it's over. Well, first of all, you know, during the game, I was like, wow, look how many people showed up for the game. Because the only <laughs> right, know, right, 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 is not packed out. Kind of like this weekend, it, you know, it was pretty much it was pretty much a Penn State home game. Mm -hmm. You know, that was kind of disappointing to see. Um, but after the game, you know, after the game, just for me, I was just like, oh, made it through alive, good, I'm healthy. You know, and during the course of the game, is is really, man, you just you just playing. 
I know for me, I just love the competition. So you really get a chance to see the teammates around you. That's that's when that's when your teammates get exposed. Is when you all are getting blown out, or if you're coming into playing against number one. You know, during the course of the week, if guys are scared, um, and that's just what it comes down to. So, um, you know, games like that, it's just hey, you know what? I have to go back and watch film on myself. How did I do? And then when the team watches film, you get a chance to see those guys who were just bowing out. You really <laughs> want to part of that wreck. Do you call them on it? Um, not necessarily you, does anybody? No, I, I think that's just the nature of football and, and the nature of, of, you know, this is just one aspect that football teaches about uh, about life, being in that team sport, sitting in a meeting with all your teammates, whether they're playing or whether they're red shirts, is that you really get a chance to see the guys who, who bowed out. And and you you really don't have to say much because the the film says it all. There you know you can't hide from it, and, and so that's just pretty much what it comes down to. At any point in the game, are you thinking of yourself like, man, these guys are good, like way better than us. Like I mean, they're just faster, stronger. You, I mean, you come, you know, it, when I came in and we played against Florida State, it's crazy because I was thinking about this this past week. I was trying to think, okay, what is the fastest team that I've ever played against? Because I was watching, you know, just sit up there watching the Penn State game. And I'm thinking to myself, my freshman year, second game of the season, down in Tallahassee playing against Florida State, that is probably a combination. When you talk about having a combination of uh, speed and size, that was by far the fastest, the biggest and fastest football team I've ever played against. They had Andre Wadsworth playing defensive end. Corey Simon was in the middle. Um, you know, I can't remember all the guys they had on defense, but I'm pretty sure they played in the National Football League. <laughs> right. um, I was just thinking to myself, man, this team is fast. So you really, in games like that, you don't have time to worry about what somebody else is doing. Um, you just got to worry about what you're doing, especially playing the running back spot because when you're playing against teams that's that fast and that physical, and and you know that they're coming into the game like, man, we should blow this team out by 80. You don't have time to worry about anything except for doing your job and making sure, you know, just, just at the end of the game, just getting back to the locker room and being like, well, I made it out of that one alive and, and just moving on to next week. In another college football story, uh, Alabama falls, um, Miami falls, um, and now we got this big mess. What do you make of all of that? I mean, really, if, if, the big thing is just for Wisconsin to win out. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I'm, I'm sure, you know, probably 90% of the people involved in the decision-making want, you know, they want Wisconsin to lose because Wisconsin, out of all those teams, they're just not the team that's, they're not a sexy pick. Um, but I think if Wisconsin wins out, um, you know, they will be in there. It, it's, it's hard to speak on it right now because you get you have the championship games coming up, so you really just have to wait till the championship game takes place, wait for the championship games to take place place and then you know just see what happens from there okay well that's the college football saga portion of the show i mean I was, the funny thing is I, I where i was i didn't get a chance to listen to uh to the game and i i, I saw it with the score on click that right there no, okay I, I i saw it with the score and that the first thing my mind thought was man i wonder what the hell they could possibly be talking about with the with the second half coming up Still another half of football to play, and we're down 30. And I, I, I was saying, man, I don't envy you on that one. I'm, I'm dying to hear what you start talking about down 60. Man, I mean, it was tough. I, you know, I found myself, 
I could feel myself saying the same things over again. But <laughs> like what touchdown Penn State? No, you gotta you gotta be willing to get dirty. You gotta be willing to get your face mask scratched up in these types of games. It's football, and you know I saw too many arm tackles. Um, you know I didn't see too many guys really really getting off blocks. I mean, granted, you you know. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, they fought hard. and they, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and do that because as far as I'm concerned, guys didn't want, they didn't want any part. A lot of guys didn't want any part of that contact. I remember as a running back, you used to always say uh, when you start seeing arm tackles. Yeah, when you start seeing arm tackles, you, you, you know. You know, if you're playing against a defense and, and majority of the time, you know, when you're getting hit, it's because you're feeling arms coming off of blocks and you see guys closing their eyes and diving at your feet as a back. You say to yourself, okay, we got them. Yeah, and done. if you're Penn State, you say, looking back at this Maryland game, you just say early in the first quarter, you just say, hey, we got them. It's over with. Let's pad up these stats. Right, Let's right. go ahead and blow them out real quick to get on the sideline, rest our bodies for next week and allow, and, and allow these younger guys an opportunity um, to get in and play. Yeah, no, nah, I, I remember you... Uh, so I remember that from back when we were running back days, saying when you start seeing those guys reaching for tackles instead of meeting you, yeah. you know that they yeah. spend that fourth quarter. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's when you get late in the game. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys who really aren't interested in, in the physical part of the football game, and you know that's just what I saw out there. Was was uh, it was just a whole bunch of arm tackles, a bunch of missed tackles, um, a lot of defensive backs letting the ball, letting the guy catch the ball, and not breaking on balls, but. You know, these are all things that that when the staff when when the staff go back and they watch the film and they vi- and they evaluate the, the season, you know, they're going to say, "Hey, we have to do a better job of tackling." And the team speed, Penn State's team speed, in my opinion, was just it, it was just it was a heck of a lot faster than than what the Terps are. But it, it's kind of incredible how fast Penn State bounced back. Uh, they were on the brink of. Of that, of that poison, you know, yeah. of, and uh, after Joe Paterno, you know, passed away, and then all the all the stuff with uh, Sandusky, you know, it, it looked like they were gonna have trouble. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was why would anybody want the coaching job? The kids still wouldn't want to go there. Just the the snake that that school name mm-hmm. brought, and and you know, it's it's impressive to see how fast they 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 shook that off and got and got back. Uh, to being the dominant program that they have been for you know the better it's a century now. Yeah, I mean Penn State, you know, we are Penn State. That's you know that's what they say. And throughout that whole time, if it's just one thing that from the outside looking in, you could just tell that that program is going to stick together. And that program has a lot of guys who played in the National Football mm-hmm. And so um, you know just how fast they were able to, to recover. Um, I don't want to use the term swept under the rug. Just that whole situation. Um, but how fast they were able to recover it. I mean, that says a lot about Coach Franklin and his staff and and, and just the belief that people still have. And and, and, and it says and it speaks it speaks very loud that if you're a program and guys know that they can come to your school and have a legitimate chance of just playing for one year and going to the national uh, going to the, uh, the NFL, then your program will be able to bounce back. For them to be able to bounce back as fast as they did from that, then as far as I'm concerned, then most programs, especially those programs who have the reputation for getting guys in the National Football League, you know, those programs can back, bounce back with these. Yep. All right, Thursday we had a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, football games. You yeah, got it? We had a lot of um, football action on Thursday. Uh, the Vikings and the Lions, two teams that are both we expect to see in the well. 
I don't know if both, but one definitely uh, who we'll see in the playoffs. And the Lions, as of right now, actually I think have about as good a shot as anybody as, as getting uh, one of those uh, wild card spots. Um, so they play this game at some ridiculous hour in the morning. I want to say it's like 12.30 or something, something ridiculously early. Um, you know, we get three games on Thanksgiving. Um, the Vikings go into Detroit and, you know, you get a division road win against a team in contention for the playoffs. The Vikings, right now, if this was a college football setting thing and we had polls, I would have to say that they would be just as much, you know, if you're going to have maybe Philly at one, uh, maybe New England, but they're, they're, they would have to be in the top three of your polls. Yeah, yeah, I, I would go, um, I would definitely go uh, Patriots, Philly, in that order, Vikings, and then Rams. Uh, I think that if you're looking at it from the college football mm, right, right, right. I would go with those four teams as, as, as the four best teams uh, in the National Football League. To me, the only thing that stops me from saying, like, the Vikings are 100% like, yo, they're, they're in the hunt, is that I, I feel like we're still... Case Keenum right now is Cinderella, mm -hmm. and we just have to see what happens when midnight strikes. Like, yeah. is he allowed to stay out and play, or does he turn into a pumpkin? You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, if I'm a Vikings fan, I would like Case Keenum to have a bad game before the playoffs start. Like, I, I would like to get this because the thing is, is he's not going to play 16 perfect games, right? So there is a bad game somewhere, and I would rather get it out the way now in the regular season. What are, you know, have your bad game, get some film, watch it, learn, boom, and let's get back to uh, get back to going. I, I never, maybe if it's just superstitious, I never like streaks. I don't like going into the playoffs undefeated or, you know what I mean? Because every time you win, it's like you the odds of that loss being around the corner just increase. Mm -hmm. you, feel what I'm, you feel what I'm saying? So um, for us in school, uh, when Maryland won the national championship in basketball, uh, at one point in the season, we won like 17, 18 games in a row. And I was like, I really need us to lose because we're not going to win. All these, we're not going to win the, this game, the conference title, and then all the games in the tournament. Mm -hmm. We got that one loss from Florida State, boom, kind of recalibrate, and then we never lost again. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm just a fan of that because I mean, you remember the new? It, how many times we see New England do it or um, the Colts do it when it was? Remember every year the Colts would be 13 and 0, 12 and 0, and it's like each win just the pressure mounts, mm -hmm. mounts, and just gets heavier and heavier, and it's like as soon as you lose, you no longer have to hear about streaks, you no longer have to long about. All you have to worry about is just winning the games and keep going forward. Um, other that being said, Minnesota plays defense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say the offense is high-powered. Octane is not the greatest show on turf, but but they can put points on the board. It's not the it's not that that Ravens team, you know, where it's like we're winning games 10-7. They can put some points on the board. They have some explosive uh, players, and Case Keenum is is really playing. I mean, for lack of a better, he's playing great football. Yeah. He's playing great football. Um, I'm just not ready to believe that he can continue to play that all the way through the playoffs and play in those big games. Well, well, when I look at the Vikings' schedule, they have the Falcons and they have Carolina coming up next. You know, uh, you know, these are two huge games for the NFC. Um, as far as case, as far as case, case Keenum is concerned, you love adding that. Why? Yeah, I just, I've, you know, for all these, for all, these, all these years, I thought his name was Casey Keenum. Hey, just keep right. loving yeah, it. Yeah, all right. So Case Keenum, uh, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, you hope that you know. If if you want to look at it from that standpoint, you hope that he has a bad game and the team wins. 
But what you don't want at, at, at this point in the season is, if you're the Vikings, you just want him to, to continue to play lights out. Because it, it, the first bad game he has, you know the media is waiting right. for the storyline, and you don't want that in your locker room. The you don't want to have to answer those questions as a coach. You don't want to have to deal with those questions as a player. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you're just hoping that, that Keenum just can, can continue to play well and and – and, and, of course, you know, the Vikings are going to the playoffs, but these next two games, I think, are really going to solidify him as a quarterback because they're playing against the uh, Falcons. They go to Atlanta, and then they go to Carolina. So those are two critical games. Ooh. So Okay, so let's just say which is very plausible because, like you said, Atlanta and Carolina, let's say they go, they lose both of those games. Mm -hmm. And now those whispers start coming. Well, it depends on how he played. You know, if Even if he plays off, let's say he plays pretty bad, not... Five interceptions and four completions bad, but but plays bad football and they lose they lose two games. Me personally, I I, I would like the coach to put that stuff to rest and just be like Case Keenum's our guy. I thought he already did that. Barring any of these ridiculous five interceptions, yeah. he looks like he can't play football. Yeah. I don't want to hear after two games against Atlanta and Carolina on the road that he plays mediocre football and they lose. That it's you know well guys we you know everybody's job. Like we, I, I, you know the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I just feel like teams are better when you just say, hey, this is what we're rocking with, and, and it, is what, it is what it is. Remember Brady's first year and Roethlisberger's first year, they were on the, on mediocre being friendly, mm -hmm. you, you know, of, of their ride. But their coaches both thought they were good enough to win with, rolled the defense, special team, asked them not to make mistakes. I want to say in, in Tom Brady's playoff run, like, he didn't even have a touchdown throw. And, you know what I mean, and just just ride with him. That's what I want to hear. I don't, I don't want to hear the Teddy Bridgewater stuff right now. I think he's already said that. I, I think they've already made it clear that mm -hmm. Keenum is the quarterback for the remainder of the season. Now, the first bad game he has, like I said, the media is going to hop all over that because it's a good story. But I think regardless of how bad he plays, I think that he's going to ride this thing out. Now, if he plays bad against Atlanta and he plays bad against Carolina, and then he starts out playing terrible, or he plays bad at Cincinnati, mm -hmm. then I could see a possibility of you starting Bridgewater when the playoffs start. I can understand that. But outside of that, if you're Detroit, I mean, if you're Minnesota, you just hope that he just continues to, to play well. And, and, you know, the bad thing, and this isn't just about football, this is about life, um, where people just sit down waiting and hoping that mm -hmm. you fail so mm -hmm. that they can get the benefit from it. Mm -hmm. So they can have something to talk about. I agree. If you're in the Minnesota Vikings locker room, uh, you're rooting for Keenum because you don't want to have to go through that. You don't want to have to deal with the answering the questions about who would you rather have at quarterback and this, that, and the third. So Here's the thing that I think is kind of lost in this whole shuffle because they just media is trying to force a story. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the lines in this story, Teddy Bridgewater became... Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. You, you, you know what I mean? Like this guy who's just <coughs> entitled to get his job back after all that he's done for the program. You know, like he, what Bridgewater, what uh, what Keenan is doing right now, Bridgewater never did that. I don't think people. The re, early on when this whole thing took place, um, I could still I can understand people still wanting Bridgewater because you're living off of Keenan's reputation yes. prior to playing this year, right? And if you're a Minnesota Vikings, you can't think about what he, you know, you can't think about, uh, you know, the, the negative things that he did prior to this season. The only thing you can focus on right now is what he's doing right now. 
And what he's doing right now is he has your team as, as being the second best team in, in, in the NFC. In the NFC, the third best team, in my opinion, in football. Third best team in football. So you just got to hope that he rides it out. And and and, and if, if you're Bridgewater, hey, you, you just got to wait your turn out. The last, the last year that Bridgewater played, two, which now, mind you, was also two years ago, mm-hmm. he had 14 touchdowns. He played 16 games, mm-hmm. had 14 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, again, Dan Marino is in the wings waiting. Yeah, yeah, but you still, but I, I really think that a lot of people is was looking at Case as a guy who's just, if he could just could just keep us mm-hmm. in the hunt mm-hmm. until we get Bridgewater back. Because you got to remember, they just made a commitment to Bridgewater. Yep. All right, but when he's coming out here, he's putting up all he's putting up all these numbers. Hey, when when you get injured in the National Football League and you're a starter, depending on how long you're out, what your backup is doing when you come back is going to say a lot. So if your backup is, is is actually has a team in a better position than you've ever had the team, then that person who's backing up, I believe good teams are going to continue to ride out with that person. Got you. Um We'll address the playoff picture left. So we talked about the Vikings. Detroit, mm-hmm. six and five. Um, this is the game that we thought going into it would have been nice to win, but not necessary. A necessity. You pull up. You got there right there. What's their uh, remaining um, schedule? Detroit's remaining schedule. I do because I do believe that they're in control of their own uh, destiny from here on in. At Ravens, at Tampa, Chicago comes to them. At the Bengals. And then the Packers come to them. So we had thought that the Vikings would, would take that one. Um, the Ravens were still just cannot get a pulse on them for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, if they can get the, 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 excuse me, a win at Baltimore, I really feel like they can win four more games. Yeah, you know, I believe we talked about this last week where, where I thought Detroit, um, you know, if you could squeak out, if you can get a win between either Minnesota or Baltimore, you pretty much control your own destiny from here on out because I don't really see any of these teams giving Detroit a hard time. So if you're if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you just have to hope that your team could just finish out the season strong. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Hope that Matthew Stafford between now and when the playoffs start that he can get healthy and, you know, you just got to see what you do in the playoffs. But you got to see what they're going to do against the Baltimore Ravens. And like you said, you have no, we have no idea what the Baltimore Ravens are. But they're a team that, when you look at the AFC uh, playoff picture, I think if the playoffs were to start today, that team would be in. Yeah. So uh, we just have to wait and see. Mouton, what's up, buddy? Pick me up, Mouton. We got to get back to work ourselves, buddy. Um, moving on, next game, the the second game on Thanksgiving. What do you think about three games on Thanksgiving? Uh, it, it's cool. It's cool. Can't go wrong with with. Well, you can never go wrong with Thanksgiving with uh, football, football on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So, I agree. You know, I, I'm okay with the three games. And it should be the only time that it's football on Thursday. Yeah, I'm with you. Holiday season. But uh, as far as this game is concerned, um, <laughs> Chargers Cowboys. You know, I, I I picked the Chargers to win this game. You um, did. I think you're the only one out of the three of us. They, the 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 Cowboys, man, without Zeke, they just look like a a totally totally different team, man. Um. You know, shout out to Philip Rivers, who, in my opinion, is still a top five quarterback in this league, um, top five, top six quarterback in the league. And, and that team, that Chargers team, man, they're still they're in the playoff hunt. Things didn't look good for them starting out early in the season, but when you look at what Buffalo did. Buffalo, by by 
by benching Tyrod Taylor might have just you know lit a fuse under the San Diego or under uh, the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers because they look good playing against the Cowboys. I can care less if you have Zeke or not. At the end of the day, the the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers holding you to six points. You know that's a big deal. And this game, people don't re if you didn't watch the game, people don't realize that this score they would have a lot more points than this. The field goal kicker got hurt. So they were going for it in situations where typically you would kick field goals. So, uh, you know, the, the Chargers just came and just pretty much came into Dallas on Thanksgiving Day and just had their way with them. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, you know, you know, we talked about that whole hot seat early in the season. I think this weekend uh, the head coach is on the hot seat. You lose to the Washington Redskins this week, and I think that that the Dallas Cowboys are looking at having a new head coach in there. You remember what I said about the Redskins and Jordan Reed, and that if your plan is to keep building the offense around Jordan Reed, that's a bad plan. Yeah, that is the exact same thing that applies in Dallas and your defense. If you would like to keep building your defense around Sean Lee, who you can make an argument for as a top five linebacker in this NFL. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if you are building your defense around a guy who you know is going to get hurt, not if, but when he gets hurt, and it keeps happening, you, you, I can't keep feeling sorry for you. You know what I mean when it's like, man, Sean Lee's out. Sean Lee is always out. You know what I mean? And the Redskins fan, man, if Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed is always out. So... This is like the fifth year in a row we've been hearing about the we're missing Sean Lee. After a certain point, you're not missing Sean Lee. Sean Lee's really not on the team, right? You know what I mean? Like you can't keep saying that he is a dynamic player when he's out there. No ifs ands or buts about it. But you have to have a backup plan behind that guy. At least the Redskins did this year put Vernon Davis behind him. You know, so that makes sense. The, the Cowboys every year. Sean Lee gets hurt, and then everybody acts like you keep mentioning his name as one of the reasons that the team isn't playing at, at its peak. Um, over the last two weeks, I feel like Dak Prescott is taking a beating in the media. And all of a sudden, at the beginning of the year, Dak Prescott was a, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, he, he put Tony Romo in the booth single-handedly. And the Cowboys were just off of a 12-13 win season. And, you know, we, we, he leapfrogged his peers, and now we were considered comparing him to the, the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Breeze class. Now all of a sudden he doesn't have Zeke, and people are basically saying he's not even an NFL quarterback. Told you he's a bum without Zeke, da 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 da. I don't see all of that. Remember at the beginning of the show when me and season, excuse me, me and DJ sat down, and I told you I expect a regression from from Dak, Zeke, and the Cowboys. Now Zeke is out for six games. Let's not act like Zeke looked like he did last year before coming into this before the six game suspension. He had plenty of games of not doing anything. I think at this point last year, he was already at 1,000 yards, and he was on pace for weird. The question was, was he going to get 2,000 yards mm -hmm. in the season? So uh, the Zeke that we saw this year is not the same Zeke we saw last year. Um, Dak, not the same Dak. Now I'm watching uh, Shannon and uh, Skip show. I think that's the name of the show, Shannon and Skip, Shannon Sharp and mm -hmm. Skip. They have on there Terrell Owens, Shannon Sharp, and Eric Dickerson. They get to talking and they're talking football. Skip sits back and listens, which is what I also do when people start talking football and it's over my head. They're making a case that Dez is one on the backside of his career, two, never really was as high as everybody thought he was on where he was. That um said his route tree was limited. This is T O um 
Shannon Sharp and, and Eric Dickerson. <coughs> so they say that. I, that's not something I can speak to. One, I don't even know what you're talking about. And two, I don't watch the film to, to know what I would be looking for. Um, these are three pros who were saying that, you know, Dez was never able to run by you, which I do know is to be true. That was never his thing. He's not. He's more just a bully with the football. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? And now when he's not getting separation, he can't run past you. That's Dak's number one option. Jason Witten is short hands, and he's sure to be slow as hell. All right, Jason Witten at his prime wasn't fast, and his prime was a long time ago. So now we start saying, Dez, we're not really sure. I, I, I think Dez has fallen out of that elite, elite top tier of receivers. You have no Zeke, down offensive lineman, um, your tight end is old as all, as all hell, um, your number two receiver, and eh. all of a sudden, all this pressure is on Dak, and, I, and I'm not sure it's being fair. I think the pressure is on him because of the season that they had last year. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I thought that when Zeke went out that we were really going to get an opportunity to see what, what Dak can do. You know, can he lead this team? With that said, you can't lead a team when your when your so-called best wide receiver, um, you know, really, if you think about it, is not even a top ten wide receiver in the National Football. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, I, and I, you I hit agree. On that, you hit on that when, when you, you know you hit on Jason Witten. You know, he's 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 pretty much getting old. Um, he ain't getting there. He's old. No, he's he's getting old for for football, but he's still playing, and, he, and you know, he's still a guy who who provides run blocking for you, and he can block defensive ends. With that said, um, let me hit on the Sean Lee thing. Dallas Cowboys defense was, was, was their Achilles heel coming into the season. Um, so it's not just Sean Lee. You just have you have to make sure that you have players all around on your defense that can pick up the slack. Hold on one second. DB, stay, stay right here with me because I know you're a Cowboys fan. So one, I want to get your comment in the show. And if you got a question, uh, get that for me. Go ahead, Boogie. Um, Sean Lee. What you're talking about? Yeah, Sean Lee. Um, Didn't mean to mess up your whole train of thought. Yeah, yeah, you totally threw me off. <laughs> I just want to make sure we got him in there. But go ahead. At the end of the day, you say that the, the, the Cowboys, Cowboys defense was, never, was the defense. The, the, the defense was never going to be the thing that carries you. When you lose, arguably the, the number one and number two best back in the National Football League, it's going to totally throw your offense off. Uh, it's going to throw your whole yeah. It's going to throw your whole offense off. But with that said. Um, you also got to look at the fact that they were playing without one of their starting linemen. All right, so if you if you look at their starting left tackle who was out, the Dallas Cowboys were minus three linemen that were on that line last year. Two of those guys are gone. So it's not the same Dallas Cowboys uh, offense. Des Bryant is not the player that maybe he think he is or maybe that he thought that he once was. He is a guy, he is a wide receiver that with the ball in his hands, um, he does a very good job. He is a wide receiver that if you're going to throw jump balls to him, he's a guy that you would, you would anticipate and expect to go up on a jump ball. But with that said, um, if you're a cornerback who – think about this. If you're a cornerback like D. Hall, back when D. Hall was in his prime, I think that a lot of Des Bryant's routes being checked by D. Hall, D. Hall would be able to jump those routes because he does a great job of, of, of reading different types of wide receivers – their tendencies, what you know, when you watch film wide receivers, what gives away what what they're doing, and and I just don't think that this is is, is that good. You, you you remember how we say Jordan Reed, um, maybe even Vernon Davis, and a handful of these other guys. We always say they're really just receivers playing tight end. Mm -hmm. I feel like Des is a tight end playing receiver. You, you know what I mean in terms of like. 
he's a he's a bully and he's a bull. But when we start talking about elite receivers, we're talking four three, four four, and not even four five. Mm-hmm. You know, that was never his thing. That you, you know, so it's more like you get into the possession thing, and, and, and it's almost like maybe my guy uh, Keyshawn. Mm-hmm. You, you know, where Keyshawn was the number one receiver, but. He wasn't, a, he wasn't beating nobody down the field. Mm-hmm. But if it's a jump ball and you're going for it, I'm putting my money on Keyshawn. Mm-hmm. If it's an in slant. And that's the thing is that Dez, while Keyshawn, that's the difference though, is that when Keyshawn embraced that and became that, he was money. Five in slant. Seven in slant. He get hit. He held on to the ball. Da, 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 da. Dez hasn't shown that ability to get those. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, he's definitely on the, on the back end of his career. And, and it's unfortunate for that because it makes that look bad. But with that said, this is part of being a, a, an NFL quarterback. You know, you're taking you you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So everything everything that that takes play and takes place in Prescott's life, you know, it's going to be under a microscope. And you you really see how big of a difference um, Ezekiel Elliott makes. You know, he he is Alfred Morris is not in the same hemisphere. When you talk about the type of ball carrier Ezekiel Elliott, no, he's not. He's not but but okay, I want last year Zeke averaged four point seven. Um, hold on, just out of here. Last year he averaged five yards a carry. No, am I wrong on that? What was it? I thought it was that. Four. He went from four point eight to this year averaging four yards a carry. Okay, he has last year. His 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 long sixty six this year his long thirty so there's no last year it seemed like every time he turned on TV he was hitting this big home run doesn't even have a run over thirty yards this season um, I I said it I said it I said it At the beginning of the year I said this year, last year everything worked and broke perfect for the Cowboys and that just wasn't going to happen again this year the yeah. film was out on both of those guys mm-hmm. and even before. This the suspension. Zeke was missing an action for several of these games. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what? Zeke has a lot over his head, and I think last year, coming into last year, um, you Ed, when you look at the Cowboys' offense, you were still looking at Des Bryant as being the guy mm-hmm. on the Cowboys' offense. So defensively, you're going to play for you. you know, you're going to play, making sure that you have to stop Des. Although Zeke's numbers are down, you also have to look at the fact that, and I have to watch more of the games. I'm pretty sure the teams are focusing mm-hmm. more on mm-hmm. on Ezekiel. Absolutely. With that said, when I'm saying that he's not even that 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 Alfred Morris isn't in the same hemisphere of of, of when you're talking about runner, when Zeke runs the ball, when you come to tackle Zeke, that's punishing for you. Mm-hmm. That, I you, got know, you. That, that that's punishing for you. You're not really getting punished when you're tackling Alfred Morris. You're not getting that. So with that that alone. Is it, it, that alone? When you're a defense and you put it this way, if you played against Ezekiel Elliott and now you got to play against Alfred Morris and run in, in the Dallas Cowboys uniform, and you're a defensive player and, and period, especially linebackers and defensive backs, you're saying to yourself, "Whoo, thank goodness," because Alfred Morris isn't coming with the same calibers as as a as an Ezekiel Elliott. Alfred Morris is not the pass protector that Ezekiel Elliott is. Alfred Morris is not the guy in the passing game the way Ezekiel Elliott is. So you lose a lot when you lose Zeke. You have Des Bryant who, who pretty much offers you nothing, you know, unless you need a, a jump ball. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You know, Des Bryant, 
You know, I can't put him in the same conversation with a Julio Jones. I can't do that. I can't put him in the same conversation right. with an A.J. Green. No. Nope. You know, I can't do that. You know, there are a number of wide receivers that you go across the league, and you say to yourself, I can't put Des Bryant in that category because right now Des Bryant is a guy who can be shut down. With <clears throat> he, I mean, you could really just put your best cornerback on him and shut him down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are all the woes that the, that the Dallas Cowboys have right now. And with Zeke's numbers, you know, when, when you when you have the things that Zeke has hanging over his head right now, I mean, this whole season, you know, yeah, your season is going to go downhill a little bit. So, um, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, um, I, I think that they, you know, playoff-wise, I think this team is done. But I think that this this game on Thursday against the Washington Redskins, I think that this is Garrett's job. If you lose to the Washington Redskins, um, if you lose to the Washington Redskins, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be looking for a new head coach. Mm. That's tough. Cowboys done. Cowboys playing for the for for the coach's job already. Um, so now that we've seen Superman Dak and we've seen Kryptonite Dak, where, where do you think the true Dak is, and where will he end up in terms of three, four years from now, five years from now? What will we be talking about, Dak? Because let's not, we've seen more than we can count guys come in and have an amazing start to their career to never be heard from again. What, what do you think the true Dak is? The Dak that we saw in, the Dak that we saw last year, and the Dak that I remember watching in college. I mean, right now, Prescott has nothing around him. He has an overrated wide receiver, he has an agent tight end, he has a running back that's his backup running back. He has a hurt offensive lineman. Two of his offensive linemen are, are are no longer on the team. And he has a head coach that may be out of there after this year. I mean, people have to realize Garrett has been there for a while, and his offense is pretty much the same. Yes, when he had Tony Romo, he threw the ball more. But when you lose a player and your offense looks as bad as the Dallas Cowboys offense, you have to look at the offensive coordinator and say, okay, what what are you doing? Because if that if, if if Des Bryant is that good, then Des needs to show up. And so really, he's out there with his best wide receiver being the boy Beasley. Yeah, and and it seems like just yesterday Des was over there hooting and hollering about how much he needs the ball, yeah. and, and he's not doing anything to help his team win. Get open. Black says Des is washed up. I agree with you, Black. And DB, who is a diehard Cowboys fan, says it's time to blame uh, Jason Jason Garrett. Yeah, I think Garrett is on the high seat. I'm going to tell you right now. You know. Uh, let, let me ask you this. You played for, they're probably different, the owner, Jerry. Um, Al Davis, similar in terms of both being vocal. Does, what do you think about that? And the, 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 the leader, the, excuse me, the owner having such an imprint. You've been on teams where Daniel didn't even know who the owner was, mm -hmm. and you've been on teams where the owner's at your locker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and it's like, speak to the difference of that, and what do you think that part about Jerry plays? And that, that, the thing is, is that it seems like Jerry, will, they say Jerry will only hire coaches that'll do whatever Jerry says. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the owner being that involved in the day-to-day -day and running the team and deciding, I mean, such things as, you know, play calling and who and who doesn't start and stuff like that. Um, it's tough. Uh, I, I mean, you watch the Dallas Cowboys, and clearly the head coach and the owner are not on the same page. All right? Whereas when I was with the Patriots, it's different. I saw, you know, you always saw Mr. Kraft. 
Alright? But Mr. Kraft wasn't... But, we, but let me finish. We always saw Mr. Kraft. But that's the difference between an owner who has been trying to buy championships for years versus an owner who hires a guy to do the job and just let him do the job. And now they're the most dominant football team and have been the most dominant football team for the last 16 or 17 years. If your owner is vocal and your owner's always in the newspaper or in the media, then your head coach, that kind of puts... It kind of push. I think it puts your head coach in a bad situation because if the owner's saying one thing and as a head coach you feel totally different, now you run the risk of losing your players because how your players going to respect you when they know that you know they know that okay, well he's just pretty much going along with what the owner says. Or I mean, it's just a lot going on in Dallas. And as long put this way, as long as Jerry Jones is doing the things that he's doing, the Dallas Cowboys will never win a championship. So like in New York. You know you have to worry about Herm Edwards when Herm Edwards thinks mm -hmm. that's what matters. Herm says this, that's what I need to worry about. Mm -hmm. You go to Oakland, it's first of all, it's a different coach every week. Mm -hmm. But now you have to, uh, let's say, the first year. Uh, Turn North. North. North says one thing. You have to worry about what North thinks. You have to worry about what Al thinks. Then you have to decide whether you're more trying to worry about Al because I guess he actually owns the team. You know, it's, it's, it's nor even going to be here next year. You know, when you start thinking about that type of stuff, is that become more of a burden and, and a hindrance that it's just like, you know, there's just one more person. And not only one more person, it's the guy who signs my paycheck that I have to be dealing with his actual thoughts. And, you know, when he comes down on the sidelines and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I've been in the locker room waiting for you after the game. Every season, just about, and seen different. I've seen, like I said, the Jets owner had knew how cool he was, walked right by. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've seen in Oakland, I remember when Al Davis, and Al Davis was like, there was just this mystique, you know what I mean? Like, and and he was also born on like now. you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, but funniest thing in the world is Al Davis, up until when he died, I swear he had the limo from um, Dallas and Falcon Crest uh, that he had out there. The limo was like the oldest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and the dude's a billionaire. Um, but anyway, like I always said, I did not think the Raiders would be successful until Mr. Davis passed away. Just for the owner to be that hands-on and at the top and basically micromanaging the head coach and the team, and it, that can't be beneficial. I put it this way: from my experience, when I was in Oakland, it was it was it was the head coaches. It was Norv, it was Arshell, and it was Lane Kiffin. I never had the feeling that that. that that Mr. Davis was as involved the way uh, Jerry Jones is. Now, if he was involved, if he was involved, and I know some players may feel differently, it wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't out in the open as much in the way Jerry Jones does it. It's almost like Jerry Jones tries to make it about him mm -hmm. opposed to it being about his team. Whereas Mr. Davis, I just believe that Mr. Davis, he just wanted to win football games. Um, um, but it, you know it's tough. It's definitely a tough situation, but it's something that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be going that they're going to go through. And I've said it before. This week is I think that this week is is you know Jared is on the hot seat. If you lose to the Washington Redskins, I believe the Dallas Cowboys will be looking for a new head coach. Joe, we all know Joe. Joe, uh, how do you say his last name, boy? Oh, for Jet. Yeah, for Jet. Uh -huh. He wants to know: Do you feel the Vikings have the personnel and the ability? To go to the big dance to win to go to the Super Bowl. I do, I do. Um, I mean, like I said, they're 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 the third best team in the National Football League, and it, they have defense, they have special teams, and they have two. They have a tight end who can run block and who's a threat in the passing game. 
they have two wide receivers, which coming into the season, when you're thinking about the Vikings, you're only thinking about Stephon, Dick, Stephon Diggs. Now you got that boy Thielen out there. Right. Um, who's, so, who's emerged. Yeah, who's emerged as, as a, and I, I listen to the commentators every game. It's like he doesn't drop anything. Yeah. Anything you throw his way. And he's got a little swag with him. Yeah, he does. You know, he don't care about, you could do all the talking and all whatever you want to. That kid is out there just playing a game of football. And they have young wide receivers. They have a hard-hitting, a fast-flowing defense. And I really do think I think the NFC is wide open. Although the Rams, to me, as far as I'm concerned, I think the Rams are still the team to beat in the NFC over um, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Rams are. I, I think the Rams are going to be the team to beat over the Eagles, and we'll find out when those two teams play. But yeah, I do think that the um, um, I do think that the Vikings have what it takes to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. John Carlos says, "Do you guys think that Dak has anything to do with?" Uh, anything to do with Dez's lack of production? I think it's, I think it's more on Dak than Dez. Dez is a monster. Whenever room, whenever Romo was, th- I'm assuming that says it means Romo. Romo was throwing the ball. Um, and, and you know, I think the the first of all, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the comment. Romo forced the ball to Dez. Yeah, he forced the ball to Dez, and, and, and in some critical moments, they lost games. You know, you, I do not. I don't want my quarterback feeling like he has to force the ball to a certain player because now that's going to make my quarterback's numbers bad. Now my quarterback, from a mental standpoint, oh, I got to for I got to try to get the ball to this guy. I got to try to get the ball to this guy. And when the de- the defense knows, you know, a, a good defensive coordinator can kind of sense that if you're trying to force the ball to a guy. Now the defensive coordinator can come up with so many different coverages, so many different brackets, so many different ways. And when you're trying to force the ball to a guy then you're waiting for that guy to get open. And if a defense is able to bring a blitz and they're able to time the blitz up well and that guy doesn't get open when the quarterback needs him to get open, now you're talking about sack. So, um, you know, having wide receivers who are constantly screaming for the ball, um, it, it hurts the team. I don't care how good they are. It hurts the team. If you have a guy that you're trying to force the ball to in double coverage, it hurts the team. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if that – if if Des Bryant is that dude, I want to see him lining up in the slot, running some pivot routes, running some shallow crosses, running some post curls. I want to see him doing these things because, quite frankly, that's what the Dallas Cowboys need him to be. They don't need Des Bryant to just be a guy out there. They need him to be what he thinks he is. They need him to be what people have hyped him up his whole Dallas career, and that's being a top-tier wide receiver. And right now, I'm not seeing that. I agree with you 100%. I, I do think it is time. Just earlier this year, you were crying about you need the ball more. And I think it was a game that he was comprising that he got two targets or something like that. Your, your offense is struggling. Your, your uh, MVP candidate is gone. Yes, if, if you if you think you're Julio, you think you're AJ, you think you're uh, the guy out there in Pittsburgh, Brown mm-hmm. or Hopkins, now's the time. Now's the time to show it. And the thing is, I, I just don't think that your route tree is I think you're limited in what you in what you can do. Yeah, he's a jump ball wide receiver, and he's a threat when he gets the ball in his hands. But it's hard to get the ball in your hands if you don't run good routes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Giants come here, and uh, they just do what they do. They lose. <laughs> Redskins pick up a win. And the crazy thing is, right here in Washington, Kirk Cousins wins. Okay, the week before, what we're hearing is my problem with with with, with Kirk Cousins is that he never wins the game. We're supposed he never makes that play that wins us the game. Da da da. He goes down to get the ball. It's tied ball game. He goes on that to the field, makes a beautiful pass for a touchdown, and he did it. 
And I think it was probably three minutes left in the game or whatever. But pretty much sealed the game with that uh, touchdown. And the Redskins fans still just, nah, nah. I, I got text messages the next day, 8-1, all these other people just, you know, basically just, you know, no, Kirk still, you know, it's like they still want to see more from Kirk. It's never enough from Kirk. They're not going to be happy with Kirk. I, I feel like both parties need to just go their separate ways. And and the winner of that sweepstakes, I think, will be Kirk Cousins because I do think Kirk Cousins will land and have a fine NFL career, and I think the Redskins will be back on the draw. I, we're a very familiar face place for them, and that's looking for another quarterback. Kurt demands a whole lot of money this year, and we're talking about the market. And because of that money, you're going to put him in a conversation as if you're looking at him through. As if you're looking at Tom Brady. I get it. As if you're looking at Rodgers or Roethlisberger. With that said, I think the Redskins got to sign Kirk Cousins. To me, one thing Kurt has shown is that he's gotten better every year. Before, Kurt wouldn't run the ball. All right? You've seen Kirk Cousins make some huge plays with his feet last year and this year also. You got to keep Kirk Cousins. He was dealt a bad hand. All right, Dotson is pretty much in his rookie year. All right, this is his first year playing. You see Dotson is coming on. Crowder, I said it at the beginning of the season, he's going to have to prove that he's a wide receiver outside of being a third guy behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. He has to be able to show that. Mm -hmm. um, you have no tight end. You have no fullback. You have no power. You have no run game. With that said, Kirk Cousins continues to have his team in positions that they're in games and they're, and they're winning games. You can't help if Kirk Cousins drive your team down the field and then the defense allows the team to come drive down the field also. And then put Kirk Cousins in another position where he has to go down and drive and win the game. Now, when you are demanding that type of money, then as fans and as coaches and as organizations, they have the, result, the, the, the right to demand these types of results for that money. I get it. With that said... I don't know any other. I don't know another alternative you have at the quarterback position. I really believe that if you give Kirk Cousins a tight end who can block, you give him a fullback, that's going to open the play action game up, which is something that Kirk Cousins does very well. Dotson is starting to, is starting to come into his own, and to be honest with you, right now I'll take Dotson over Dez Bryant because I think <laughs> Dotson goes up for the ball better than Dez, and you, and for me you could just tell that I just think that Dotson cares more. Uh, with that said, what about P. Ryan? He's had a nice little two-game streak here, no? Yeah, I think P. Ryan is a run. As far as I'm concerned, there are two running backs on your team that you keep: P. Ryan and you keep uh, uh, and, and you keep the boy Chris Thompson. You were pretty high on P. Ryan before the season. Yeah, because he's a good running back. You know, there's a, when you watch him run the ball and you watch Robert Kelly run the ball, it's it's just when P. Ryan is running, everything is smooth. Everything just flows. Yes, he has to work on that fumbling issue, which which is something that. He better work on. Oh yes, and he better work on catching the ball out the backfield because you can't have it when you're paying when you're running back and you're playing on a team who your quarterback likes to throw the ball to the check down. First of all, as a running back, you love that quarterback. You love the quarterback that's willing to throw you the ball. But as a running back, you have to catch the ball. So uh, as far as the Redskins are concerned, you know it was a good win against the Giants. It was one of those games that they had to win. Um, you look at Eli Manning was 13 for 27, but uh, with 113 yards. So the Redskins defense held the Giants to 10 points, and this was coming off of uh, off of a Giants team who just upset the Kansas City Chiefs um, the week before. So that's a good, you know, that's a good win for the Redskins. And the Redskins, for them to be as banged up as they are, 
Um, you know, I'm impressed with, with, with Jay Gruden and his staff and, and, and the way he's got these guys coming out competing week in and week out. John Carlos said it was a great comment there. He said, if you guys don't want them, we'll surely take them. And, and that's my point. Like, there's, there's so many teams out there that it's like, you know, there's teams out there that are starting guys that, you know, shouldn't even be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I bet there's, you know, 10 teams that are like, if you don't want them, we'll take them. And, and, and the Dolphins, yes. Uh, Denver, yes. Uh, Say a friend. Yeah, like there's these teams that are like, yo, if you don't want them, we'll take them. Yeah, I, I bet Tampa Bay would take Kirk Cousins over Jameis Winston right now. Unless Kirk Jameis get this, get his head straight. <laughs> there are a lot of teams out there that would love to have Kirk Cousins, but if you're Kirk Cousins, do you really want to have to go to another team and have to learn a whole new offense? Um, On the other side of the ball, Eli goes 13 for 27 with an interception, no touchdown. He's having a terrible season. Uh, the Giants are snaking it up. Uh, what are we doing with Eli after this season? Keeping Eli. Keep Eli. Standing the Eli era another year? First of all, I talked to Eli. How many years do you want to play? Let's find out how many years Eli wants to play first and foremost because this season has nothing to do with Eli as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you. I think that. Odell Beckham has been a distraction since he's got there. But he's um, a hell of a talent. I mean, and, and you know what? He is rare air. And understand this. I can understand the talent, but it's no different than what these than what these these youth coaches and these high school coaches are doing with these kids. Because you have talent, we're gonna let you get away with everything. We're gonna let you do what you want. We're gonna continue to let you be a distraction. And there's no way that you will ever have a team that's a complete team when you have guys on your team like that. Eli Manning is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think that he has earned and deserves um, respect from Odell Beckham. And I think that the I think that the way Odell Beckham conducts himself, I think is disrespectful to Eli. Your quarterback needs to be able to focus on what it is that he has to do. He don't have time to sit here and baby people. With that said, he's also without Odell this year. He's also without Brandon Marshall. When I came into when we came into this season, I thought that this was a team to beat in the NFC East. When I look at that, when I look at the wide receiver core and I look at the defense, things didn't work out for him. Offense line's terrible and for the umpteenth year in a row, zero running game. Yeah, and I think that that's something that they will address this year. I think uh, if you're the Giants, first and foremost, you have to address your coaching situation. That's what I'm saying. Do you fire him? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in that place. Um, And that's just one of those things that at the end of the season, you just have, as a fan, you just have to wait and see what's going to happen. If they fire him, you can understand. If they don't fire him, you can understand. So it's just one of those things that you just have to sit back and you have to wait. But if you're the New York Giants, you have to look at this. The Philadelphia Eagles are a legit team, and they're only going to get. Yep, better. that's what I was going to say. They're, they're only they're, going to get. They're better. not old. They're very young. The Dallas very, Cowboys. Very, very young. The Dallas Cowboys are young. They are a young team, yep. and they're only going to get better. Yep. The Washington Redskins. When you look at what they did with the draft this year and the offseason moves that they made, that is a young team. That once the Redskins figure out what their quarterback situation is going to be, and that cloud isn't hanging over their head, I think the Redskins are going to be a much better team. If you're the New York Giants, you better you better this offseason you want to invest in offensive linemen and you want to really make a pull a push to get yourself um get yourself a couple of running backs in there to help out. If, if I'm the Giants and I'm in last place in this NFC East and in last place by a lot and all three of the other teams are not only better than me, mm-hmm. they're younger than me and drastically uh I do think it's time to start looking for the future. Um, Dak Prescott's, well, I don't know, 24. Wentz, 
Uh, you know, I don't know what the Redskins are doing with Kirk Cousins, but he's damn sure hell got a lot more football left in him than, than Eli Manning. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's young. Uh, the the the, um, the Eagles, all their weapons are young, with the exception of um, Garrett Blunt and Sproles, who's already gone. So, if I'm the, if I'm the Giants, not only am I worried about this year, we got the, the future doesn't look bright. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, Odell Beckham, he's young and he's talented. Uh, Brandon Marshall got hurt this year, and for you know he's no spring chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean. So if I'm the Giants, uh-oh, I don't I don't know how we got here because this year doesn't look good, and to be honest, the future doesn't look any better. No, no, I'm with you. The future, the future doesn't doesn't doesn't. I, look I'm any with better. you, but if I'm Eli Manning, also say that that um, I got a good defense over there, and if I just have some offensive weapons around me, and if we can be an offense that can help out our defense. Um, you know, if I'm Eli, I'm saying to myself, I want to stay in New York. I want to retire a giant. If this team can get, if this team can just get its act together, you know, what better place to be in when you're talking about um, making money off the football field than being in New York City? So if I'm Eli, um, you know, I really don't think that Eli is the question here. I think first and foremost it's going to come down to what are you going to do about your coaching situation at the end of the year. Joe wants to know right now who would you say is your league MVP? Um, Wentz. Wentz. I'm going hands down. Wentz. I don't even. It, it's hard for me to even think of somebody that is is close to it. I mean, you always throw Tom Brady in right. the equation, but uh, when you look at Wentz and what Wentz is doing, I don't think that there's another guy in the National Football League that you can look at and you can say, okay, that 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 okay, I would I would take him as an MVP. I think Wentz, as long as he finishes this thing out strong, I think Wentz is the clear cut favorite for uh, for league MVP. Got you. Uh, Bucks, Falcons. Not going to spend too much time there. The Falcons uh, got a, a win that they needed. They're trying to keep pace these teams for the playoff, and they're all of a sudden they're seven and four, and seem to have, you know kind of righted the ship. Um, that pass from Sanu, man. That's, that's there's a lot of NFL quarterbacks not making that pass. He throws a dime fifty yards down the field. That was nice into a guy covered. Mm-hmm. That's. And he's done that before too. If you remember him from the Bengals, mm-hmm. he's done that. That 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 was just amazing to watch. That um, on the other side, um, the Bucks are just the train wreck that that we. They still haven't recovered from that um, from that New England game. I, I, they haven't won. They, you know, they they uh, they just haven't recovered. I don't. The James thing, he seems to have taken a step back uh, in, in his level of maturity, and uh, I don't know, the Tampa thing just is, isn't working. I, I'd be real interested to see. Where they want to go next year? What we're going to do with Sean Jackson? What we're going to do with Doug Martin? Um, are we just bringing everybody back and see and seeing what's going to happen? Um, there, I feel like this season, at the end of the season, Tampa's going to end up somewhere around the six or seven, and seven win mark, and we're going to end up with more questions than answers. Yeah, you don't have. I mean, your leader is young. Your leader is, is yeah. So I mean, so then what? You just mature. You just ride that I mean, out. I, I mean, I said this before. You have to get some veterans in there. You have to get some some veteran leaders in there. That's what you have to have in there. I think right now Doug Martin is a waste of talent on that team. And if I'm the New York Giants, if, if right. I if I got right. to give up a third round right. pick, absolutely, Martin, then I go ahead and I get the muscle hamster out of Tampa and I bring him to New York. Absolutely. That's going to make that team. That's going to make that team significantly better. Um, you know who I think was missing and they didn't bring back and he's just sitting at home. Vincent Jackson, yeah. In terms of a veteran locker room, yeah, yeah. But 
would he be the guy or would Mike Evans be the guy? And Mike Evans is absolutely the guy. So Mike Evans is going to be the guy. So, but but Vince Jackson, Mike Evans is the guy, and Vince Jackson is the guy who asked Mike Evans, "Have you lost your damn mind?" Yeah. When he just ran over there and pushed that guy. Yeah, not so Mike Evans is the guy, and then Vince Jackson is the guy so who's from making a leadership, sure. From a leadership right. standpoint, you lose that. You have to have that. If you don't get put this way, if you don't get veterans in there, Tampa is going to be right back where they were. Uh, 20 years ago is the last they're gonna be at, They're going to be at the bottom of that division because if you look at the Atlanta Falcons right now, that team is starting to put it together. Mm -hmm. That team is starting to put it together. And that's a team that you really don't want to have to face in, in, in the playoffs. Now, the benefits of facing the Falcons in the playoffs is unless, you, unless you're the Saints or the Vikings, you're not going to see them in a dome. They're going to have to play outside, which is something that I think that, that, that the Falcons do a good job of, um, especially having to play in some cold weather. You know, um, with that said, um, the Falcons look good, man. And when you're talking about wide receivers, you're talking about elite wide receivers. Um, when you're talking about elite wide receivers, you know, Julio Jones is an elite wide receiver. You know, remember we had the conversation mm -hmm. when we were sitting here when I told you when he dropped that pass. I can't remember who that wide. I think it was against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I said, I told you, I said, watch this man go off. He's going to go off. That's what the Dallas Cowboys need from, from Dez Bryant. Some 12, 253. Yeah, we, 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 need to, we need to see something other than we need the, 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 the Cow, the, from Dez Bryant. You want to see what Julio Jones is giving you. So, you know, that's a big win for the Falcons. And, and the Falcons, they got a tough schedule. You know, if they, go, if they make it to the playoffs, I'll tell you what, they're going to earn it because they have to play the Saints twice. They have to play uh, the Panthers again. And and that's a dangerous team. If 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 you're an NFC opponent, you're rooting for any team that's playing against the Falcons because that's that's one of the that's one of the two teams that you do not want to see in the playoffs. Uh, DB said, "What's the problem with Jamison? The, the problem we've been saying now is just maturity. Yeah, just maturity. That's the problem with Jamison. Um, Browns, Bengals. The Bengals won again. Uh, excuse me. The Browns lost again." Um, you hear that this week Hugh Jackson came out today and now he says he's got big plans for um, Josh Gordon coming back this year after coming back, I think, next this week he should be able to uh, play. If I'm Josh Gordon, I want to get out of Cleveland. Yep. Right, if, if I'm him, you get me out of Cleveland. First thing I you know what I say? There. Get me out of Cleveland and get me to New England. Get me to New England where I can, where, some where, structure. Where I can be around some structure. Um, some I, got, I, I'm, I could be around some winning, and I know that I'm going to a place where accountability is going to be critical. You know, if, if Gordon has has made this change and and, and 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 he's moved on past some of the demons that he's been dealing with, um, if I'm him for the sake of not just my career, but just for the sake of everything, mm -hmm. get, just get out of that environment. <laughs> yeah, man. You have to get out of that envi environment. So I, the only big plans as far as I'm concerned that Hugh Jackson has for him <laughs> is to get rid of him. <laughs> If I'm him, I'm saying I don't want to be here. Right. Especially when I'm listening to some of the things that's coming that 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 comes from players who used to play for the Browns organization, who play for, who play for different teams right now. You know, they feel for the fan base because they feel like that just ownership management is just really not doing anything to help the Cleveland Browns out. So, the only big plans that that Hugh Jackson could have for him is is hey, you know what, buddy? Good news. Uh, we got good news for you. <laughs> you know, we we just I just think that what's best for you is that you get a brand new start with another team, and so we're going to either place you on IR for the rest of the year, or we're just going to go ahead and let you go and part ways with you now to give him time to um to to. To, to, to get you know give him time to deal with what he's dealing with now on the flip side if in fact
fact they do bring him back, um, it would be because they want to get that one game. We got to get that one game. You don't want to. You don't want to go. Under. You don't want to go over. You, you and last year they only got one game. Yeah, so you want to bring him back and at least get that one game. But this game right here is really irrelevant. You know, it's a win for for the Cincinnati Bengals. But these are just two teams that are really just irrelevant. Gotcha. Um, Titans Colts. Colts get. I mean, excuse me. Titans get another victory. Um, the Colts. I don't think there's really anything to talk about with the with the Colts. The Titans just keep racking up these victories. Uh, you know, there's something to be said. I mean, they're seven and four. And, I mean, are they setting the world on fire? No. But are they winning the games they're supposed to win? Yes. And, you know, that's all you can really ask them to do, right? Yeah. Win the, win the games you're supposed to win. You're the Titans. Guess what? You're winning football games, and right now you're fighting to um, right now you're to win the division. Right now you're fighting to win the division. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, um, you know, they have, to play, they have to play Houston. Houston, I don't think, is going to be an easy out. They have to play Arizona. I don't think Arizona's going to be an easy out. Um, you're looking at, um, you know, they got the San Francisco 49ers. That may be a totally different team if Garoppolo's starting. Um, and then they also got to play, they have to play the Rams and they have to play Jacksonville. I think these last two games, uh, I think... Jack, there's a good chance that that Jacksonville game is for the division. That, that's what I'm going to say. I, there's a good chance that that Jacksonville game is for the, for the division. So if you're Tennessee, you just want to win games and you want to you want to stay healthy. And I think the last two games of the season against the Rams and against the Jaguars is pretty yeah. much going to say whether or not they go to the playoffs. I expect them to beat the Texans. I expect them to beat Arizona. And I expect them to beat the 49ers. I, I agree that those last two games of the season, especially that one against the Jags, those, those are going to be some big games right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not discounting this Houston and this Arizona game. I'm not going to just say that these are games that, that, that Tennessee is going to win. So if Tennessee goes to the playoffs, it's a situation where they're going to earn their way into the playoffs. I agree. Um, Bills, Chiefs, man, the Chiefs. You know, if we talk about the 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 college rankings sort of thing we were talking about earlier, after four or five seasons, mm -hmm. four, excuse me, after four or five games, we're having the Chiefs number one, and Alex Smith is the is the is the MVP of the league, mm -hmm. and both of those things are are so far from the truth right now. Mm -hmm. um, the Chiefs at home, for better half of, uh, over a decade have been one of the hardest places to win. All of a sudden, they're 3-2 and two at home. Yeah. Um, they're losing to teams like the Bills at home. Mm -hmm. um, that, I, I don't know what, what's going on. Last week, we were discussing whether it was time to press the panic button. I both we thought both thought that they would fix the ship. Uh, I'm not so sure right now. The thing that the Chiefs have going for them is the division that they're playing in. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, two, yeah. two, two key players, the, arguably the best receiver and the best cornerback in the division, both just got suspended from their teams. Yeah, that's and, and that's critical. But when you look at the, the Chiefs' schedule, I mean, against the Jets, that's that's not an easy out. Uh, Oakland comes to town, although Crabtree is not playing. The Chiefs' offense hasn't shown that 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 they can score enough points, and and that Oakland offense, even without Crabtree, I still think they're they're capable of putting up points. Then the Chargers come to town. You know that I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers. I think that they'll beat the Miami Dolphins, and then they have to play uh, the Denver Broncos on the last game of the season. If you're the Chiefs right now, you're worried about these next three games. Yeah, right now we can't pick the Chiefs over anybody, right? I, mean, yeah, I can't. Pick, I, that's what I'm saying. Like the Jets, I'm not saying. They just lost to the Giants and the Buffalo. In I'm back not sure. Weeks. I'm not sure. I, I, I think the Jets are a team that can beat the Chiefs, but 
when you look at the remainder of this schedule, these are all teams that are fighting for for a final playoff spot with the exception of the Miami Dolphins, which we know that they're out. So if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, man, you better get it together. You can't lose three in a row. And that three in a row that you lost has been to the Giants, uh, the Jets, and, <laughs> and the and, Bills. And, and the Bills. You, I mean, you can't do that. As far as the Bills are concerned, um, you know, coming off of what happened in San Diego, the Bills season, uh, until you get to the end of the season and the Bills are either in the playoffs or they're out of the playoffs, um, that's going to tell me what the Bills are about because I, I still don't see, I, I just don't see it from the Buffalo Bills and I think they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Is there what about this idea that maybe the Bills rally around Tyrod Taylor and 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 his mistreatment and that these guys are out there now on some not necessarily even playing for the coach but playing for each other and playing for Tyrod and and determined that we're going to win this and we're going to support Tyrod. Screw the coach, sort of thing. I'm with you. I I I think that's an angle that you have to look at it from. Um, but I believe the coach came out and said that I guess that they're weak the week when their quarterbacks. Yeah, way. which is which is kind of like yeah. It's almost it, it's that point where you don't want to admit that you're wrong in the argument. Yeah, just admit that. Just you know, just just admit that. Hey, and, and, and I heard somebody. I think I was listening to Doc and B. Mitch and Scott on the radio, and one of those guys made a good point that that clearly. This isn't a head coach that's making this decision. That this is coming from probably perhaps above his head, and if that's the situation, and if, if that's the case, that sucks. Because if it's one thing that for for years is that the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bill fan base have been a great fan base, and I think that they deserve better. I think they deserve more. Um, I think they deserve better than than what they're getting right now. Uh, whether it's from the owner or the head coach, at the end of the day, um, you have a chance. Right now, your chance, your team is in a in a in a um, your team is in a position right now where they're fighting for a playoff spot, and and with all of the uncertainty that's going mm -hmm. on in your franchise right now, I, I just think that the fan base deserves better than that. Uh, we're getting close to December, so you know that majority of the fans are going to be just covered in snow, being up there in Buffalo, and and you just hope that you I mean you hope that this team can get their act together. But I just think that this is a team that's just going to play its way out of the playoffs. Whoa. See what that says? Right on cue. You see what it said? Uh-uh. Geno Smith will be starting for the, for the, uh, for the Giants this oh, week. Oh, wow. It's the breaking news. Geno Smith news, will, will be breaking. We'll see. <laughs> Geno Smith will. Uh, he breaking his jaw. The, um, Geno Smith is going to be starting for the Giants this week. They're benching Eli Manning. Geno Smith, the answer? <coughs> I don't know if Geno Smith is the answer. Well, no. Well, no, you do know that. I mean, no, he's not the answer. Exactly right. But you do I know think that. this is. A, I mean, if I, I don't know how many years Eli has on this contract. Um, but I will say this: if I'm Eli right now, I'm saying thank you. Right. Thank you. I think that this move is all about is Geno Smith the answer at backup, and is he the answer moving forward? So. Um, I mean, I move forward after Eli. So, um, if I, if I'm if I'm Eli, I'm saying to myself, thank you. And this is a situation with the Giants. If you're a player on that team, you're playing for your job. You're playing for you're playing for other coaches around the National Football League. Somebody, I mean, Gino. Excuse me. Like you said, Eli is a two-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, I don't know if he got both of them at those games MVPs, but he's a two-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, the 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 captain of the team. All of that in the locker room to see him get benched. What's going through your head? Like, 
They just been Eli Manning. It's understandable. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I mean, we're not. We're not going to play in the playoffs. Um, I'm looking at it from the standpoint that they're protecting the franchise quarterback. We're okay. not blocking for him. Okay. Um, he is our franchise quarterback, and we need to see if Geno is the guy moving forward. So we're going to give Geno an opportunity to go out here and prove what he can do. He don't have wide receivers. He doesn't have a run game to support him. And so I think it's best for Eli and Eli's career that he go ahead and you sit him on the bench. I think it's a smart move by the Giants. If it, with, with everything that's going on in that franchise, for a two-time winning quarterback to have to go through what he went through prior to winning the Super Bowl, you got your running back saying that we would, the Giants would never win the Super Bowl with this guy as a quarterback. The following year, he went as a Super Bowl. The only the only quarterback that can say that he beat uh, Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick and the Patriots in a Super Bowl. He's done that twice. He's the, he, you know, that's something that he's done twice. And he's a quarterback that's proven that when he gets hot, he gets hot. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned with the Giants, this is all about evaluating the other players on this team. One thing we, that I feel confident is going to be there next year is, is um, Eli Manning. But as far as these other guys, you, I mean, you're playing for jobs right now. I wonder how Eli takes that news. I mean, he's this guy who's never missed a game. I mean, if he's chasing the put it this way, if he's chasing the record, then I understand. If he's considering retiring, I understand. But if he plans on coming back next year and playing for the New York Giants, I'm like, good. Send me out. Let me rest my body. Let's give these other guys an opportunity. Let's see what we have and let's start preparing for next year right now. Got you. Um, Dolphins. Take another loss. John Carlo. I don't think your team has won since you made your bold prediction. Um, they lose to the Patriots. I know that's not one of the games. Well, actually, that might have been even one of the games you had them winning uh, on your crazy mythical uh, run that you had them on. But they don't. Um, the Patriots handle their business and take care of the Dolphins. Uh, not much to say about this one other than a good team playing against a bad team and a good team won. Yeah, and I think the best team in the NFL is 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 showing itself true, and that's and that's the New England Patriots. I mean, they're getting it together. Miami Dolphins for years have given Tom Brady problems, especially up there in New England. So to see them win the game, thirty-five, <coughs> excuse me, thirty-five to seventeen, um, you know, heck, one of their touchdowns came off of the center snapping the ball, and Tom Brady's not even ready for it. So without that happening, this game, you know, this possibility, this game would have been even worse than that. So. The Patriots are the Patriots, the Dolphins are the Dolphins, mm -hmm. and there's really not much there's really not much there in that game. Got you. Next one, the um Panthers beat the Jets. Panthers are rolling. I tell you what, the Panthers are rolling. But that Jets team, man, I, I like that Jets team. They got that boy Anderson out there wide receiver, and he's just proven to be a guy that that, you know, I put it this way. I'll take him over this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's balling right now. I mean, he's balling right now. And and I think the biggest concern for me in this game when I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers is that you allowed the New York Jets to score 27 mm -hmm. points on you. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're looking at the Carolina Panthers schedule moving forward, this could also be a game that, that the Carolina Panthers just, just kind of overlook the New York Jets knowing that they have to go to New Orleans next week. These next two games for the for the Panthers, the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about uh the three top teams, three of the four top teams in the NFC playing against one another. With the Carolina having to play the Saints next week and then follow the following week Minnesota comes there. So these are two critical games, especially when you look at the beginning of the season when everybody when we were wondering what's going on with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we said it here on the show. 
if Cam is going to be Cam, if Carolina Panthers are going to be a hard time, hard team to beat, and Cam is being Cam, yep. they got rid of Benjamin, which, which you know, I think that he was irrelevant on that team anyway. Fuentes has stepped up in that number one spot quite nicely. Yeah, yeah. So, he stepped up real good. I mean, he's he's having he's had a big game every every game since uh, <coughs> since Benjamin left. I believe Fuentes was a number was a first round draft pick, so they're getting their productions worth out of him. Uh, Carolina's rolling in. The NFC South is it's going to be it's going to get real interesting. Yeah, it's going to get interesting. Um, the Eagles just continue their 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 trip of just running through the NFL, <laughs> and the Bears are this week's contestants. Come on down, and the Bears get hammered, thirty-one to three. The Eagles, man, they they kind of look like that Carolina team we saw two years ago, where like they're just having fun. Yeah, like, you know they're yeah. just they're rolling, yeah. they're having fun, they're when they're playing. Now here's my thing, which is the same thing. Well, like that Carolina team is that Carolina team spent the entire season playing ahead, you know what I mean, and having fun. You know, everybody's everything's fun. Everything we try works. Every trick play works. Every time we turn around, it's a fifty-yard run. The backup comes in, he gets a fifty-yard run. Some receiver you never heard of gets a you know backup tight ends are coming in here getting catches, and everything we try and is working. And then, and then you know, the question becomes: What are you going to do when everything isn't working? What are you going to do when you? Have to come back from behind, but as of right now, everything the Eagles try is working. And you, and you know what's crazy? Imagine how good this team would have been if you still had Darren Sproles. Yeah, and that was just one more weapon. Yeah, then yeah. if you had Darren Sproles, that takes this team to a whole nother right. level because you know, that's a matchup problem. Yes, you're talking about in the yes. passing game. I think the I mean I think the Eagles are 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 a legit football team. I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. They they beat the Chargers by two. All right, they've already beaten Carolina. Um, when you look at the rest of these teams that they've beaten, they really haven't beaten anybody. No, no they're, they're rolling. They haven't beaten anybody, but but you know you beat the Redskins thirty to seventeen on the first on week one. All right, um, you lose to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and at the time that they lost to Kansas City, Kansas City was rolling. Right. You come back and you beat the Giants. That's where the Eagles, I believe, they realized that they found their field goal kicker, and I think he kicked like a sixty or yep, sixty game winner. The game winner. Uh, game winner. Uh, you beat the Chargers by two, and 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 I'm saying that right now, and this is why I have. I think the Chargers are, are are, in my opinion, the number one team. Is when you look at uh, at the loss that the Chargers have to the, to to not the Chargers. When you look at the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the Rams. They beat the Chargers by two. All right, no big deal. They crush Arizona, which you know you expect that. They beat Carolina by five. Um, they beat a close one to the Redskins. They blew out San Francisco. What I'm seeing from the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles is I'm seeing a team that is very, very consistent. Who they do not beat themselves. Mm-hmm. You cannot. The Philadelphia Eagles are a team that when you play them, you you know they're good enough to beat you. What you don't want to do is have to beat yourself. And they're a healthy team. Yep. Mine is Darren Sproles, yep. and, I, and I know they lost their starting left tackle. But they haven't lost a beat without those two nope. guys. This is a healthy team, and this yep. is a very consistent team, just like the Los Angeles Rams. Those are two teams who are healthy. Those are two teams who are consistent. But these, this next game against Seattle, I think it's going to tell me a lot about Philadelphia because regard. I know that Seattle. It would have told us a lot more if Cam and and and, and uh, you know what it is and, and uh, 
and Sherman. Sherman, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. But the fact that you still have to go up to you have to go to Seattle, you know that crowd is still going to be a hostile crowd, and you never know what you're going to get from Seattle on offense, especially especially playing against Russell Wilson. And if you're the Seattle Seahawks, if you want people to start taking you serious, this is a game that you look at. You're saying yourself, you have to win. Remember the theme I kept saying about how there's these teams where everything lined up. If we look. We having this conversation at the beginning of the year. You know what you're saying? We're gonna find out about the Eagles in week nine. That's when the things are starting to get real tough. Mm -hmm. And then when it rolls around in week nine, like oh yeah, the Broncos aren't what we thought they were gonna be. Mm -hmm. Well, and after that they go on a bye and then they're gonna play the Cowboys. I'm like, well the Cowboys are gonna be without Zeke, uh Dez and da da da. Then they're gonna play and it's just like all these things that are then okay, and when you look at the schedule you say, Man, they got a three week stretch where they go to Denver. They play the Cowboys, then they got Seattle, and then you just look back and you'd be like, yeah, Seattle's hurt, mm -hmm. Denver's not what we thought they were, mm -hmm. and the Cowboys, and it's just like, just one more time, yeah. that, that yeah. everything lined up perfect for the, for the Eagles, you know what I mean? So I'm with you. Th these are things that we would have thought were going to be tests. Like, you would have thought this three-week stretch of where they were saying Denver, Dallas, and then Seattle, three weeks in a row. At the beginning of the season, that was something that you were worried about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then now it looks like they got a chance to get all, not only get three Ws, three blowouts. Yeah, and, and I was going to tell you that that although these teams aren't who we thought that they would be, at the end of the day, the Eagles are a consistent football team. Okay, Denver isn't as good as, as we thought they are, as we, as we thought that they would be at this point in the season. So guess what? We're just going to go beat them 50 <laughs> Right, yeah, absolutely. All right, and we, we, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, yeah, I think this was the game that they had without Zeke, but it's still a rival game, and you have to go into Dallas. Guess what? We're going to beat you all 37-9, mm -hmm. and we're going to destroy your quarterback in the process. Right. Like, these are, these are, these, this is, so when I'm looking at this Philadelphia Eagles team, yeah, they're beating teams that you say to yourself. I mean, even the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, okay, well, mm -hmm. we don't know what the Arizona Cardinals are going to be without the boy Johnson. So guess what? They're going to come here. Let's go ahead and beat them yeah, 34 and then, But then seven. they run into a Cardinals team without Johnson, without Carson Palmer. You know, that's not even it's a shell of what you thought it was going to be. But how many times have we seen other teams in lose those, those positions mm -hmm. lose no, games, or they or, or or they they have to beat they have to win a nail biter? No, the Philadelphia Eagles have been consistent. They continue to get better. Uh, I think that boy uh, Jeffries got out of Chicago, and yeah. he just came he just came to Philadelphia and just and just and, and it's, it's coming. Crazy. The thing is, at the beginning of the year, I was looking for it and it didn't happen. But it's at the beginning because I. I liked Alshon in um, Chicago. I always thought he was a real talented guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then when he got to Philadelphia, it was like it just wasn't really clicking. Yeah. Um, but it's clicking now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, click, it's clicking now. Um, and, and again, right now, the Eagles are at that stage where everything we try works. And, and, and for certain teams, it just happens like that. Yeah. Everything we try works. You know, we pick up a job, boom. Second play from scrimmage. Jai's been running in uh, Miami all year long. Mm -hmm. Hasn't cracked a 20-yard run for the entire season. Mm -hmm. His second and third, you know, now he comes out there and he's basically averaging 25 yards a carry, you know, in Philadelphia. And so, I mean, everything's working for them. Uh, Seahawks go to 49ers, get a victory, a much-needed victory. The 49ers uh, are fall to 1-10. Seahawks are 7-4. and four. Uh, Not much to really talk about there. Um, the Seahawks, we're, we're going to get to see what, what uh, Russell Wilson and his team's chemistry with their this is a statement game coming up next week for them. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, Broncos Raiders. Broncos Raiders, man. Second, second play of the 49ers. Excuse me, of the Oakland offense, a series. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's history between Crabtree and Tlaib. Mm -hmm. Tlaib ripped off his chain the last time they faced each other. Uh -huh. um, I'm sure this. I've seen the I've seen the replay of Crabtree getting his chain taken um, every bit of a hundred times. So I know Michael Crabtree has seen the replay of his chain getting taken a hundred times, mm -hmm. and I'm sure plenty of those times he got to watch it with his friends who don't stop reminding him that the last time you faced this guy, he ripped off your chain, which I imagine cost a pretty penny. Now, one question which makes me the old guy in the room is, the hell are you doing with a chain on on, on the field? Uh, okay, that's, that's my old guy question. I don't know why you have a chain on while you're playing tackle football. Um, so fast forward now. These two see each other again. Second play of the game for Oakland. We watched the tape together, and what we saw is Crabtree is run blocking. He is looks like he is run blocking with a purpose. <laughs> okay, like he's, he is run blocking, you know, but he's he looks like he has some motivation behind this run blocking. And in the middle of him run blocking, uh, Talib Kweli just rips his chain off, mm -hmm. rips his chain off. So that now makes two chains and two appearances. They fall to the ground, scuffle. These guys go back and forth. Both get ejected, essentially, before the game even starts, and um, and now find themselves with two game suspensions. Um, the Raiders are very much alive for a playoff, but they're not in a position to be losing any more games. Uh, the Broncos, <coughs> they're pretty much done. I'm sure they're mathematically alive, but they're done. Mm -hmm. um, what do we make of this whole skirmish and Crabtree now missing a team that can't afford to lose any more games, losing... The number one receiver for two. Um, well, first of all, losing your number number one receiver for two games. If I'm Carr, you know I'm not happy with that because that means that my number one receiver is a guy who just continues to drop the ball. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, um, as far as what took place, I mean it's just I mean like grow up. I mean that's the way I feel. Like grow up, man. You out there playing football? What's the point? Like leave all that off the field stuff off the field. Why are you grabbing the man's chain in the first place? You know, I listened to the uh, the interview where he said the first time that it happened, I guess that it was bothering him. So you're going to go out there and just rip the man's chain off. I mean, that just sounds like to me that that's a bunch of stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with football mm -hmm. that's coming on the football field. Mm -hmm. Leave that stuff off the football field, and that shows a level of maturity. And this is what I mean by you have guys who have talent, but you let them get away with a whole lot. All right? Talib was a very talented corner. He, I mean, he's a cornerback that you don't need to do those types nope. of things, man. You're an all-pro cornerback. You're taking away from your career. You're taking away from people actually appreciating you for, for your skill level and for the art of what you do to come out there and pull a man's chain because for, for your own personal reasons. I mean, you're on the football field. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to get at somebody on the football field, shut him down. You know, jam him off the line of scrimmage. That's just the way that I saw the game, and as far as you know, as far as Crabtree is concerned, um, you know, we talked about this. I, mean, I tell you what, it's a good thing he got his head out the way when Talib threw that left because that thing was about to connect with his with his nose. Now, now Crabtree is throwing punches against a guy who has a face mask on. You go out there and you punch that man in the face mask. Let's say you break a finger or you break your hand. Now you're talking about missing more games. So I mean, just it, it, and to be honest with you, I don't think that Crabtree did anything wrong. Outside of, you know, once he got his chain pulled. I mean, Talib grabbed his chain in the middle of a play while he was being blocked. And it doesn't even seem like he cares that he got ejected 
for two games. It's almost like for him, it just seems like it's no big deal. But for the Raiders, uh, you're still in the playoff hunt. If the Chiefs continue to fall off, this thing is going to come down to the, the Chiefs when they play the Raiders, the Chiefs when they play the Chargers, the Chargers um, when, when, when the Chargers play the Raiders. You know that AFC West is going to come down to it's going to come down to that. But if you're the Denver Broncos, man, you 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 have to be very disappointed with how far your franchise has fallen. Fast. I mean, you lose Wade Phillips, and now all of a sudden your defense just just loses control. And so, you know, as far as the fight is concerned, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's just two guys who you know just you just got to leave that that stuff that leave the stuff that don't have nothing to do with football. Leave that off the football field, man. It, I mean, it's not it's not a good look. As far as the Raiders are concerned, you just got to finish out your season. How about this if you're the Raiders and you're a Raiders fan? Things were not looking good for you at the beginning of the season, but you have a chance to legitimately win your division and compete for a playoff spot like everybody thought you would. And check this out. And you get a, a home playoff game on top of that. So if you're a Raiders fan and, and, and you're a player on that Raiders team, you got to say, hey, Crabtree is out the game. The rest of us, we just have to pick up the slack. And I'm sitting here looking at this boy Patterson, who was in Minnesota, who why they gave him Randy Moss's number. I have no idea because he has not proven he belongs in like in the same hemisphere as, as Randy Moss. Um, if you're the Raiders, you just got to hope that that you can finish this season strong. But in this division, if I'm the San Diego Chargers, I feel great about myself right now. The thing is, is that you're right. It look. <coughs> Three or four weeks ago, we're saying the Chiefs are on their way to damn their undefeated season, and the Raiders don't stand a shot of catching them. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, the Chiefs have six wins, the Raiders have five. Problem is, you just lost your number one receiver for two more games. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's it's going to be a race to the finish. Is looking like in that NFC West, mm -hmm. and you're right. The Chargers have life. You know, the, the Chargers, the Chargers have life, and that's because these other two, these other two teams. Just don't seem to. They just can't seem to get right. I mean, if you're the Raiders, uh, you look at your next opponent. You're playing against the Giants. Uh, the Giants are gotta win that. The Giants are coming to Oakland. I think the Raiders win that game. I, I think you're you're hurting not having Crabtree in the second game that he's going to be out. That's when you go to Kansas City. You know, you lose that Kansas City game. You you know, you run the risk of, of being out of the playoffs. Absolutely. And then it comes down to just the Chiefs and the Chargers. So. Um, you know, if you're the Raiders, man, you got a great opportunity to pick up an easy win, in my opinion, when when the Giants come to town. And then you have to go to Arrowhead, which is a, which is a pretty tough place to play. But you're playing against a team right now that I think is having an identity crisis mm -hmm. in the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, it's just for the Raiders, it's just taking one week at a time and then just hope that the, that the Chiefs continue to fall and just hope that the Chargers, um, and just hope that whatever is going on in San Diego just just switches up because that team looks hot right now. And a game that looks like a preview to the playoffs. Two teams we know we'll see in the playoffs. Two teams that are, you know, in that power ranking. The Saints go to the Rams, and um, it was a close game. Came down to the end there, but the Rams were able to hold off the Saints, and they win 20-26. to um, this is a game I picked the Rams. I know you you finally hopped on the Saints bandwagon, yes. but I, I said just in time before, for a loss. I think that the Rams playing, and I said this last week. I think that the Rams playing against Minnesota the week before, playing against that tough defense, is going to make things a lot easier against the Saints and Drew Brees. Um, and that's exactly what happened. You know, this is my favorite to come out of the NFC uh, are, are, are the Rams. If you're the New Orleans Saints, you want to make sure you you have to get back on track. You you have to get back on track after this game because I mean 
this your next game. Um, you're playing against Carolina. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're playing against Carolina. So you want to, if you're the Saints, you want to make sure that you keep that position of, of, of being top in your division because your next two games, if you're the Saints, uh, Carolina comes to town and then you go to Atlanta. Who's going to need that win? Who's uh, An Atlanta team who's going to need that win. Yep. And so if you're the Saints, uh, you know, you... You know, you, you got these next two games are huge for you. These next two games are huge for you because then you get a game against the Jets, which there's no guarantee. That's no, as far as I'm concerned, playing the Jets is no walk in the park. And then you play Atlanta again. So if you're the Saints, you you hope that you can get back on pace uh, this upcoming week playing against the uh, Panthers. Yeah, because you could just very well find yourself looking at a three-game losing streak. And uh, not only a three-game losing streak, but you're looking at possibly going from hosting a playoff game right, to... Uh, possibly not just hosting a playoff game, but the possibility of also having a, a bye week right. in, in week one. So to going to having to go on the road in the week playoffs, one. I mean that'll be a, a huge That's drop. A huge off. swing. Yeah. Um Jags Cardinals. Just when you know another team that I said you, you the Jags look like they're for real and they <laughs> boom, there goes another loss to the Jags. I mean, at that being said, they are still seven and four, still have a good defense, but I mean the the Cardinals, a team that pretty much was left for dead. Not much going on out there, and they put up 27 points. And you lose to Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. That you have Blaine Gabbert and Blaine, and you guys are starting Blaine Gabbert 2.0, mm. a.k.a. Uh, Blake Bortles. But I can tell you, Blake, the Jacksonville team is good, and they're good enough to win, and they can beat anybody. If Blake Bortles is throwing the ball 33 times, they're going to lose. Yeah. The Blake, Blake Bortles, the Jags, got a running game. Like, Fournette got 12 carries. Bortle got 33 passing attempts. Mm -hmm. That needs to be damn near reversed. Yeah, but the Cardinals got out on, on, on Jacksonville also. They, they did. Jacksonville, Jacksonville's all about their defense. If, if you're mm -hmm. playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, as far as I'm concerned, you're saying to yourself, all we have to do is score 20-plus points and we can win this game. Uh, put the you know put Jacksonville in a position that they have to pass the ball, and and this is also a game that you have to go back and you have to look at things like penalties because I mean there's you know being 19 for 33, Fournette only had 12 carries. Like you know we got there as far as Jacksonville off of the shoulders of our running game and our defense. So you know there, there's some other factors that you have to look into with this game. But the Arizona Cardinals, um, you know that defense is is, is you know, people forget that, that defense can play some ball. And Blaine Gabbard just came in and just looked like a Blaine Gabbard that, that, that I guess we didn't expect to see, and they were able to get but that. But I, I bet you some of that was a guy going against the team that, that cut him. You know what I mean? Blake Bortles going against his own team. Some of the proofs. Now, mind you, this team <coughs> drafted you in the first round and, and wanted you to be their franchise quarterback, so mm -hmm. it's hard to say they did you dirty. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I, you know, it might have been. I, I'm willing to bet that it was something Blaine Gabbard was out there playing a a little bit more focused than he normally would going against his old team. Yeah, I believe it was something it. to prove. I believe it, but I also think it comes down to to Fournette only had twelve yep. carries. You're not going to win if you're, you're not going to win when you have eighteen rushes and six of those rushes is, is Bortles. Yep, nah, you're the, not. You're not going to win. You're the Jags' key success is not uh, Bortles throwing thirty three times and Fournette carrying the ball twelve times. That's yeah. definitely not their formula uh, for winning. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Which which makes it the fact that it becomes. The key to being the the recipe for being the Jags is going to be get early, get up early on them. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Get up early. And force them to pass. For, put them in third long situations. Don't yes. allow them to get the run game going. Yes. Score points. Make sure they play from behind. Yes. And make sure they play from behind. Make sure they play from behind. And, and, and you got to make Blake Bortles beat you. And I think that that's what the Arizona Cardinals did. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Packers-Steelers. Big Ben puts on another uh, Big Ben clinic. Uh, the Packers, you know, at least this one, Again, there's no such thing as moral victories, but I mean, this is a team that couldn't put any points on the board to, to save their life. And Hundley comes out and has a career day, mm -hmm. three touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, they put 28 points on the board. Um, I mean, for a while, it was looking like Hundley was just just wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So while they didn't get a real W, it is still you know you say wow, at least this guy you know is heading in the right direction. Um, the Steelers. Big Ben, four touchdowns, 351. Le'Veon Bell, boom, gets just about 100 yards. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown goes for 169. Bell gets another 88 <coughs> on 12 receptions. Firing all cylinders. That's what that's, that's what they call that, firing all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Martavius Bryant gets involved. Um, Steelers are 9-2, <laughs> man. Steelers are dangerous, man. They are. I, I, to I told you, like, when you get to the playoffs, uh, you know that that's a dangerous team, man. That's a team that that nobody wants to face because if you allow them to get that running game going, um, you know it's going to be hard to beat the Steelers. The key to beating the Steelers is making sure that you keep Big, big Ben in the pocket, you get pressure on him, and you try your best to eliminate the big plays. The Steelers are are, are huge when it comes to big plays. Mm -hmm. um, but when you look at this Green Bay team, you know I'm looking at their schedule: Tampa Bay, Cleveland, you know. Aaron Rodgers, maybe A-Rod can come back by December 17th. But uh, if, as far as Green Bay is concerned, you'd like to see that from, from your quarterback, especially if that's the guy who who's going to be backing up Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. You want him to get into these games. You want him to play well. You want him to get comfortable in the event that, you, that you're faced with this next year where Aaron Rodgers needs to miss a, a, a few games. But as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, man, uh, I told you this is one of those teams that, you know, if they qualify for the playoffs, it's mm -hmm. a dangerous team mm -hmm. in, in the AFC. So we just got to see how, how, how Pittsburgh finishes finished this thing out. And they're fighting, and Pittsburgh is fighting for, for home field advantage. Absolutely. Right them in uh, New England. I yeah. mean, it looks like, I'm, I'm imagining at this point, it looks like it's a two-team race in the AFC. Yeah. And we're just, at this point, we're waiting to see which one of them can lock up home field. Because the, the truth of the matter is... Mm -hmm. When you put up New England and Pittsburgh as two teams, the difference in the <coughs> like that is home field. It's going to come down to December 17th when Pittsburgh goes to Foxborough. That's what it's going to come, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Um, so and and, the, and the thing is, is that literally, like I said, when you go to those two, play, those two teams and you're playing a playoff game, the difference between being in the Super Bowl is home field. You know what I mean? Field, like yeah. Pittsburgh doesn't want to go to Foxborough in, in, uh, in January, but you know what? They don't want to go to Pittsburgh, and they don't want to go to Pittsburgh either. Put it this way: I would rather go to Pittsburgh than go to Foxborough. Yeah, at, no, that, but, at that time, it's, but, a, it's a different type yeah, of cold. But nobody's it's a different. Type New England's not licking their chops to go to Pittsburgh. No, I, let's make no mistake about it. Right. I, I'm with you, but I'm just saying, as a player in general, if I had my choice of going yeah. to Pittsburgh right. or going to New England, I would much rather go to Pittsburgh. First of all, I'm playing on grass. I like to play on grass. And, and secondly, that cold up in New England, man, that was just a different type of cold. <laughs> but the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know that, that the Steelers have, have a lot of fans. Um, you know, I'm happy to see where the Steelers are, you know, especially with what Big Ben was going through early on in the season. Um, you know, losing 30 to, to 9 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, it's just going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down to December 17th is, is, going, to, is, going, to, is going to say a lot about, you know, 
AFC to get to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Are you going to have to go through New England or are you going to have to go through Pittsburgh? Absolutely. On that Monday night, the Ravens <coughs> just pick up another win, and there they are at 6-5. and five. Um, Not much to say about this game here. You get 37 passes from Savage and 32 from Flacco, and what do you get? Zero touchdowns combined <laughs> for the two of them and, and two interceptions. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I tell you what, though. Uh, you kept saying this team is done. This Baltimore Ravens team is not done. I mean, as long as they keep playing the Texans and the and the you know the and the, and the Bengals, they have a big game them. against. Put it this way, their next two games are huge games because they play Detroit this week and then they play Pittsburgh the following week. I mean, so let's talk about this. So last week a, a, a Bengal, excuse me, last week a Green Bay team with no Aaron Rodgers. Go back up. Go back up. A Green Bay team with no Aaron Rodgers. You get a, a Texas team without their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Before that, you got Tennessee, which and that Miami without their starting quarterback. Uh, you know they lost to Minnesota. against Minnesota. Uh, yeah, close game against Minnesota. You lose to Chicago. Uh, lose to Chicago who that that I believe that he was that was um, what's his name's first career start. I mean, you really got to go back to. I mean, they beat Oakland, and they, but I mean, as, as you just look at these teams, it's like I said, just. One backup quarterback after I mean Minnesota. I mean he's technically even the backup quarterback, right? That that was his first start. Trubisky's first start. Minnesota was on their backup quarterback. Uh, Miami was on their backup quarterback. Uh, I don't even think Mariota played that game, so that means they would have been on their backup quarterback. Green Bay doesn't have their quarterback. Houston doesn't have, like they played every single team's backup quarterback. Yeah, but when you get the, the, the key, the <laughs> I mean that's is, crazy. The key is qualifying for the playoffs. That's what it all. That's what it all comes down to. Is you want to qualify for the clip, for the playoffs. And if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you have Detroit this week, and you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're going to qualify for the playoffs, then you need to go ahead and take care of those teams. Because after that, you play Cleveland, you play Indy, you play Cincinnati. All games. Backup quarterback central. They might have set the record for most backup quarterbacks played. <laughs> I mean, like they literally just played a backup quarterback role. Yeah, but at the, but like I said, at the end of the day, when you're a player, you just want to qualify for the playoffs. I don't care about anybody else's. Uh, I don't care about yeah, that's, the situation. I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. AK says, "Oh, it's Aaron Kills actually. Flacco, nine touchdowns, eleven interceptions, one completed pass over twenty yards. But his job is one hundred percent secure. Not only secure, but he is. <coughs> he has a big contract. He's a huge contract. Yeah, he's yeah. also. I mean, he's a Super Bowl." MVP, I believe, in that game. And, he, and Flacco was a guy that every year he was just getting better and better and better. You could just see it. And then now every year he's getting worse. And worse, worse. I mean, he's getting worse, but I mean, he, <laughs> every year he's getting worse. He doesn't, doesn't have anything paid. around him. <clears throat> he doesn't have anything around him. I I thought Macklin and Mike Wallace were being that Flacco's specialty is throwing the deep ball, which Aaron touched on this year. He. Um, is last in the NFL for average uh, pass attempt, which is really weird that he's last in, in average yards for pass attempt. Considering one, he was known for throwing for throwing the deep ball. Two is two receivers are Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace, who are one dimensional and deep threats. So basically, he's just throwing the ball sideline to sideline, and and the, and, and the Ravens' offense is pretty much non-existent. I mean, you said it yourself. His two wide receivers are one dimension. They are. Guys. They are. So if the only thing, but he's not even throwing that that one dimension. I mean, it goes back to the whole Dez Bryant conversation. Why force the ball downfield when you know that the defense is playing you for the deal? Yeah. You know, um, that's just something that you have to look at when you're thinking about the Baltimore Ravens. But I mean, hey, I think when it's all said and done, that this team is going to be irrelevant whether they make the playoffs or not. 
But um, just as a, if you're a fan of Baltimore, the way your season is played out, um, you're just happy if your team qualifies for the playoffs. Yep, 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 yep. All right, and then that was the Monday night, so let's get into this week's games. Things are really starting to get interesting, and teams are going to start uh, staking claims to these uh, playoff spots coming up here. The Thursday night game is... Redskins Cowboys. Woo. Silence. I'm gonna go Cowboys. <laughs> Silence. No, you gonna go, go Cowboys? No, only, only because yeah, I'm going Redskins. I'm gonna go Redskins. Ah, wow. Ah oh, man, this is a coin flip game here. I, I and I don't have a coin on me. Ah, let's <laughs> like uh. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Give, give me the Cowboys. Dak steps up. One of these two guys is going to make a real statement this game, right? One of these two quarterbacks is either at the end of this game, one of these two quarterbacks, their fan base is going to say, they suck. And one of them fan base is going to say, finally, it's about time. No, I'm with you 100% on that. I just, this is one, I mean, I'm going with the Redskins, but I think the Cowboys are going to win. This, I mean, it's, it's hard to pick this game. It's really it hard is. to pick this it game. It is. Uh, one, one, one issue that the Redskins have had all season long is that when they're playing against mobile quarterbacks, when those quarterbacks uh, get outside the pocket or those quarterbacks run, those are things that, that, can, that can really just, just destroy and break down their Redskins defense. Um, you look at the, you look at the fact that that you know this may be a game that Des Bryant m may just wake up, especially knowing that he has Norman playing on the other side. Um, so this is a pick'em game. I'm going with the Redskins because I want the Redskins to win. Um, so I'm just going to go with the Skins. I am going to go with the home team. So give me the Cowboys. Okay. I, I, I think. <coughs> Give me the Cowboys. Okay. Give me the Cowboys. Alpha Morris going against his own team. He got he got a little something to prove. Uh, Dak is taking a lot of heat. Uh, you know the Cowboys under the microscope. Give me the Cowboys. Uh, Vikings, Falcons in Atlanta. I'm gonna go Vikings. I'm gonna go Vikings. Falcons. Give me the Falcons. I think the Vikings are a much better team. Um, Falcons at home, and it's it's time to get moving. It's if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. The Vikings can afford to lose this game. One of these teams can afford to lose this game, and one of them really can't. Yeah, the Falcons can't afford to lose. So uh, give me the Falcons. Yeah, I just think that with the Vikings fighting you know, and being in a position for home field advantage, um, I just think that that team is going to show up, and and I'm just going to go with the Vikings. Patriots, Bills, and Buffalo. Patriots. Um. Yeah, Patriots. Give me the Patriots. Um, 49ers, Bears. There's a game for you. I'm going to go Niners. I'm going to go Niners as well. I'm going to go Niners. I'm going to go Niners as well. Um, I hope we get some Garoppolo. I'm going Niners because I'm thinking we're going to get Garoppolo. Yeah, I'm hoping I, I hope we get some Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, Bucks at, at Green Bay. Give me the Bucks. Give me Green Bay. I'm going to take Green Bay in that game. Okay. Texans, Titans. Give me the Titans. Titans at home, too. I just can't get that savage thing. Yeah, man. It's hard, too. Yeah, but I like DeAndre Hopkins. I do, too. I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go Titans. Um, Broncos, Dolphins. Ooh. Uh, Broncos have to snap out of it, right? <coughs> Maybe I'm, they I'm don't. I'm finding it hard for them to beat. I, 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 
Do they have to snap out of it? I'm going to go Dolphins, man. I'm going to go Dolphins. Mm, that is uh, a tough Dolphins just play. I put his way. Dolphins just played the Patriots, which when you talk about facing, when you go from facing Tom Brady to playing against uh, whoever's going to be quarterbacking <laughs> for the Denver Broncos, I just think that you're. I just think the Dolphins are going to beat the Broncos. I don't see the Broncos winning this game. These are two teams that I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick either one of them. Yeah. The the thing is, at the beginning of the year, this is a no brainer. The Broncos are destroying them, right? And yeah. the Broncos just can't. Buy a bucket, like, uh, sure, give me the Dolphins. If Brock Osweiler is starting, definitely give me the Dolphins. Um, the, the crazy thing is, at week one, Paxton Lynch was like, they were up giving us statuses, updates on this, of like he might play week one. Mm-hmm. And we're now at week 13. This dude still hasn't played a lick of football. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> that, that, that's really weird. Uh, we keep getting updates on, on John Elway. And him making comments and, you know, who this, whether this guy is soft or that soft and whether, you know, what what's going on here. The Dolphins look like they're in, you know, a little drama-filled situation. Um, I, I guess the Dolphins, I mean, this game is, is it's an irrelevant game. It is. Tom it is was not playing. It is so real. Okay, give me the Dolphins. I forgot about that. You don't that. know how much that's going to affect the Broncos in the secondary. Maybe they, they, you know, they don't have that guy that can lock down the field. So, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, Dolphins. You know what? Scratch that. Give me the Broncos. Give me the Broncos. I don't know. Give me the Broncos. Next one. Colts Jaguars. Jags get another freebie. I'm going to go Colts here. Not me. I think the Colts pull one out. Okay. I will take the Colts pull one out. I will take the Jags as the Jags pick the will pick up another win. Um Lions Ravens. I'm gonna go Detroit, man. I'm gonna go Detroit too, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go they Detroit. got a starting quarterback and that's not something Baltimore's yeah. used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me the Lions. Um, Browns Chargers. Chargers get another victory. Chargers. And know that that'll be rolling. They'll, they'll be rolling. Um, Giants Raiders. Now this is going to be Geno Smith. This is going to be no Crabtree and maybe give me the Raiders. I was going to say maybe Geno. You know Geno's got something to play for. We haven't seen Geno in. You know what's crazy is that I feel like Geno got a raw deal, and then the Giants. You know that he was surrounded by arguably one of the worst teams in NFL history in terms of talent-wise, mm-hmm. and his reward is now you get to play in the exact same city with equally untalented players. You know what I mean? So it's like you're playing in the same stadium, in the same city. Once again, you have no running game, mm-hmm. no offensive line, and no receivers. Gino's like, I've been here before. The only thing that was different is the color of my uniform. Um, I'm, when I'm looking at this game, the only positive for the Giants is their defensive coordinator. They have a good defense. I I I never I didn't think that Geno Smith should have gotten drafted as high as he did. When I watched him play in college, I, I really didn't see anything. Special. I'm with you. I'm with I, you. I, I didn't see anything special from Geno, so uh, I'm gonna go with the Raiders because the Raiders remember he left. For. Remember he left the draft because he didn't get drafted on the first day. Yeah, like even when he was sitting, I'm like, first of all, why was he even there? First <laughs> like, dude, like I, I just didn't think that he. Sh- I just I just don't think that Geno. Geno shouldn't have went as high as he did. Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders. The Raiders have more to play for, although you're playing without Crabtree. Um, the Giants with Geno Smith, you have no idea what's going on with that team. Um, and I just think that Marshawn Lynch, this could be one of those games that Marshawn Lynch goes off. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, bless you, if the, this could be one of those games that the Giants are, are going to be like, you throw Geno out there, and why all these times where you thought uh, – 
Eli was a problem, dudes feel like, oh no, we got way bigger problems than, than Eli Manning. You, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the move with Geno, if, if your offensive line isn't blocking, you might as well get a guy who can move. That, see, I'm thinking is that, you know, Eli, maybe they're thinking Geno can move better than Eli. Yeah. I mean, Geno Smith isn't Michael Vick either, though. Put it this way, I think that this is one of those games where if, if I'm a fantasy person and I need uh, and I just need a defense to go with, I just go with the Raiders yeah, defense. I, I just feel like it's going to be a whole lot of sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we both go Raiders. <coughs> Panthers Saints. There's a game. There's a game. Man, I'm gonna go Panthers in this game. That's odd. Um, Saints are at home. Where they're four and one, um, Carolina on the hand, other hand is five and one on the road. The dome, we got Ted Ginn going against the Panthers. It's got a little bone to pick. Um, Drew Brees versus Cam. Both teams are really doing their thing right about now. Uh, a loss for the Saints would be two in a row, which I know they're not trying to have. Um, wow. You know why I'm going Panthers? No, why? I never thought that we. I would never thought that I would. You would ever hear hear me say this or anybody else say this. If you want to beat the Saints, stop the run. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Carolina Panthers will will stop the run. Uh, Keekley is playing. He's healthy. Um, that Panthers defense is starting to. Yes, they are. They, they they're starting. To yes, they are. They're starting to kind of have some 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 semblance of. Of, what they were in their Super what Bowl they year, were in that Super Bowl year, and I just think that if it, I, I just, if if the Panthers are going to play, put it this way, this game is going to come down to who plays the best power ball, and I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to play better power ball, and so I'm just going to take I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers in this game. I mean, you got five, you said it five and one on the road versus a team that's four and one at home, and um, I just think that the more physical team is going to win this game. Give me the Panthers. I'll go with the Panthers. Um, <clears throat> that's another game I would have called a coin flip. Um, the line is actually the uh, is actually the Panthers. I'm just kind of surprised by that. Oh no, excuse me. The line is the, the Saints. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the line is the Saints. Um, Saints by four. Um, Rams Cardinals. Give me the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. Um, Eagles Seahawks. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. If if um. If if Cam if Cam and 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 uh, Sherman were playing, I would say this is the game that the Eagles might might uh, fall off for a second going up there and see. You know what? Give me the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. Sunday night football primetime game. They're gonna get up. They they the Seahawks need a win. Eagles are due for a loss. Traveling cross country. Give me the, give me the Seahawks in an upset. Give me the Seahawks in an upset. Then Monday night we get Steelers. Bengals in Cincinnati. Give me the Steelers. Yeah, give me the Steelers. Give me the Steelers. Alright, well that is this week's show. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. All your comments. Uh, Aaron Keels, Giancarlo, DB, Joe checking in, uh, Shakif, all those people who took their time out of the day to join our show and our podcast. Questions and comments. We appreciate it. And again, we hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and we all and everybody enjoys their week this week. It starts to get a little bit colder in whatever case. Football games are starting to matter. Um, and we hope everybody enjoys their week. And again, thank you very much. You got something? Yeah, I um I just got word from Tony Kennedy. Um, I'm gonna be the head coach of one of the teams in this upcoming this year's upcoming Crab Bowl. Um, if you want to find out some information on it, go to mdcrabbowl.com. That's MD. 
crabbowl.com. Um, I just got confirmation that I'll be coaching uh, against Pilates coach. So, you know, that's just, you know, it's a great opportunity for me. What is Crab Bowl? Uh, crab Bowl is it's basically it's a junior game. So the, the Crab Bowl is, is going to be some of the top juniors in the area. And, you know, it's, it's pretty much a showcase for those guys. And only juniors? Uh, yeah, this, for this game, it's only the juniors. So I have to go online and figure out which players um, I'll be coaching. And so the game is on December 17th. And I believe the game is going to be played at Bowie State University. But like I said, you can go to mdcrabbowl.com. That's mdcrabbowl.com. And that can give you, you'll find all the information that you need on that. What will you be coaching? I'll be here coaching one of the teams. Ah, what day of the week is that? 17? That's a Sunday. Ah, I got a football game to go to. If that is weather permitting, <laughs> will not be out there in any of those uh, 20 degree <laughs> days. I can I shortly just shortly say, like, ah, that's awesome. Did, did, they, did they have that when you were in high school? No. Okay. As you said, we had the uh, Chesapeake Classic. Okay. All juniors game, so that's good. A little all star game for juniors. That's tight. Um, all right, everybody. I hope everybody has a good week. And we'll talk to you later. Peace. Later. What's up, AK?